player 2 has joined the game. Welcome to episode 184 of the two-player co-op podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with my brother from my mother, Sean. How are we doing? I'm doing fantastic. Do you want to know why that is, Sean? Why, Kevin? It's because we have a very special guest this week. This has been, at this point, probably years in the making, I would say. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, James Solar is here. Woo! Ow! Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's awesome to be here. Um, all the way from the uh, game room recording studios in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Now, right there, <laughs> you show that you've been here for a while by calling it the game room recording studios. I am so of happy course. right now. Uh, James is here. We'll get into him in a second. Well, wow, that sounded weird. <laughs> not that kind of podcast. No, it's definitely not. But <laughs> If this is the first time you're seeing us or hearing us, this is the two-player co-op podcast, sometimes a three-player co-op podcast, where just about every week, two brothers and sometimes guests get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you like the video, subscribe at youtube.com slash two-player co-op, even if you only listen to audio services around the multiverse. It means a lot to us. We're over 960 now. Uh, hopefully this doesn't age poorly. And by the time we post this, we're down to like 955 or something. But we're right around 960 right now. We're on a quest to get to 1,000 and to shove it up YouTube's patoot. Um, so yeah, if you really like us, you can go to patreon.com slash two-player co-op, just like our producer, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, and Vernon Slayton did, as well as our affiliates, oh, this is weird, Logan Wilkinson and James Solar. Yeah. If you like merch, I've got my cool uh, Thundercats shirt on right now, which we don't have at our store, but the Thundercats are awesome. But if you like other t-shirts Firewatch. and like Firewatch, you can make that at Teespring. Or you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two-player co-op. And eventually, whenever we start twitching again, it will be at twitch.tv slash two-player underscore co-op. James freaking Solar is here. I'm so happy. We, we almost talked about this off the air and I said, no, save it. So one of my questions for the guests that we have on, because we only have guests that know us for being us. It's not like we, we, we're, I, I'm, if, you know, I mean, if we ever have like Greg Miller or Colin on or something like that, then they'll be like, who the hell are you guys? But James, Kevin. do you remember? I mean, I know you do. Cause we talk about it off air, but what, where, <laughs> how, how did you find us and when did you find us? What, what was um, the first video or podcast or anything that you remember that, that you actually found us on? So I knew, I knew what the video was and I did just look. I went and looked on YouTube to see when it went up. I don't know. Server two for me. That's weird. I was like, what am I hearing? <laughs> yeah, sorry guys. I was looking at the video and then it started playing on my phone. Uh, it's like, that sounded like me, but I'm not talking. <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah, sorry. Um, so the very first video that I ever watched, I don't know when I watched it in relation to when it went up, but I think it was pretty soon. It was okay. called Ranking Every Zelda Game from Worst to Best uh, Two-Player Co-op Quick Hits. Yes. And it went up on February 24th of 2017. Wow. Yeah, so almost, I guess, a uh, little over three years. That's wow. awesome. Yeah, um, right before right before Breath of the Wild, um, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Back when uh back when y'all were doing part one and part two is two yep. separate videos. Old yeah. school. Yeah, we, we would have kept doing that, but it was just honestly it was too much work on my part. Um yeah. to, to edit these into two things. And I'm like, it's the reason we did that actually was, I mean, the only reason that this podcast is a thing is because of kind of funny. Um, but, and that's what made me try to do the whole split it up into two. One is just the witty banter and the, what are we playing and whatever Mm -hmm. other dumb stuff we talk about. And then the second part was the news. Yeah. We stopped doing that mostly because like I said, it was just too much work. Yeah. I want to say, I'm not certain. I want to say it was, uh, when I started watching y'all, like watching every video y'all put out was around like a little after 50, probably like 53, 54, somewhere in there. Um, Cause I know I didn't get to see 50. It was right after that though. Cause did y'all live stream 50? Oh yeah. You missed yeah. out there. <laughs> we did. And 50 was, we made our, uh, our family uh, specific secret recipe, which I mean, it's not that much of a recipe. Um, but it was a whiskey sour. Yeah. It was like frozen whiskey sours in a blender and they were fantastic. And we had a lot of them. Uh, Sean and I were talking, we we drank a whole pitcher full between the two of us in like a half hour, I think. (laughs) And sorry, I missed it. it, It's, I mean, ever have watch it like three hours to kill. (laughs) Go back and watch. Did it go four? Yes, it did. Jeez. If you if you've got four hours to kill, it's <laughs> worth a watch. It's just ridiculous. Kevin goes off the deep end pretty quick. I, I follow not too far behind, and yeah, you can tell when both of us go from buzz to gone. <laughs> and when it happens, I know I've texted you at one point because I went back and watched it a couple years ago or something. I was like, Sean, this is the moment where you are gone. And my moment was like 45 minutes before that or something. Um, I got to think that's the most we've ever drank on a recording, right? It has uh, to be. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. 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 But episode 50 was a treat. Um, we're going to live stream episode 200. We're also going to, they're, they're going to be pretty close to each other, but we're also going to live stream episode or, or a five, five year anniversary, I should say. We've got special moments planned for both of those. We've talked about in the past, but yeah. Um, James, before we get into the rest of it, I want you to do some pimping of yourself. Um, first off, shout out to you on the weight loss. That is freaking awesome. You, you're, you're kicking ass and it's amazing. Um, but you have got a couple awesome things going on so far this year. So you're tracking every movie that you've watched. That's every- right game that you've played that's um, right and i feel like you have a blog that you should probably pimp right now so why don't you go ahead and do that um i do it's over on wordpress it's uh it's called i think it's just called james games and more um honestly i I never it's mainly just an outlet for myself uh just so that i can kind of get my thoughts out there Uh, just kind of a creative outlet for me to uh Kind of just just throw throw some words out into the void. Um, really, I, I never really intended for anybody to kind of get out there and read it. Uh, mainly, just an outlet for myself. Um, I, I think it's awesome though that there are people that go and check it out. Um, I have a few people that do interact with me every once in a while on there. Um, yeah, but uh, that's that's kind of what I that's what I do when I'm not, you know, 
being terrible at video games. <laughs> hey, you're preaching the choir here. We both suck. No, the funny <laughs> thing though is I think my, as much as I love podcasting and making videos and everything with my brother from my mother, um, my, my first passion has always been writing and before we ever did this, I, I started a blog. I think I had two or three posts there. Um, but one of the things I got really lucky with, and the, the problem is I got lucky with it before we ever had a podcast or a YouTube channel, but over at a uh, good old whatculture.com, I wrote some videos for them, or I wrote some articles for them. I did two articles. One was, I think I, I, one was ranking Metal Gear Solid, of course, from worst to best. And then the other one was, I think it was eight reasons I'm worried about Metal Gear Solid 5. And I think the number one reason on that was, uh, you haven't played it yet, so I'm not going to say. But um, <laughs> or you, haven't beaten it. you haven't beaten it, I should say. I've, I've started it, but yeah. honestly, it's so long that I, I know I need to go back and... Uh, I know I need to go back and start over. I do think it's it's getting close though. It's probably going to be the next like really really big one that I start. Nice. Um, it's not the best in the series, but I like what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah, that was I, I got on the eight things about Metal Gear Solid Five. I was worried about. I got like thirty forty thousand views or something like that, and it was shocking to me. And just what we do now, it doesn't lend itself to us writing that much. And Sean has written things right. for nerd901.com. Shout out. Um, I have as well. And I think we're both really good writers. It's just, it doesn't, it, it's so tough when I'm trying to think about what we're doing with the channel every week, craft a podcast, you know, edit videos, all this other stuff. If we ever get a two player co-op.com, we will both write there for sure. Um, Cause like I said, I think we're both pretty damn good. Um, but I, I appreciate so much the written word and I love whenever you post your updates and reading them and everything. So shout out oh, to you, James. Thank you. I've never, um, when I, I like, I don't know if I said this earlier, when I started, I, um, would do like occasional game reviews and like movie reviews and stuff, but I'm not a big fan of putting like numbered scores with things. I think it's much more interesting why you like it or why you don't like it and for us to be able to talk about those things which I actually really do enjoy the format that I'm doing right now a lot more where I talk about different things. Um, just, just kind of like, this is what I've been up to. This is what I, this is how I felt about it. Cause I think, I think that's much more important than like a, than a number score. I agree. So like when we talk about reviews on this channel, usually I will just say, Sean, you know, what would you give it out of 10? But it's not like it's anything official. It's more just, right. What, what do just we a think? A gut feeling. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love I appreciate like Eurogamer has always done it that way for as long as I've been following them, at least. Mm -hmm. um, Kotaku's done it that way. Kind of funny's done it that way. Colin's done it that way, where it's just more like the, these are our total thoughts of the game and we're not going to boil it down to a number. Right. And numbers are important because Metacritic and all that fun stuff and people, God, their livelihood depends on Metacritic in, in some, in, in some places. But, uh, yeah, I more I much more appreciate reading somebody's full thoughts or listening to their full thoughts without just saying what was the number, damn you, or well, yeah, it's always damn you. It's either it's too high, it's too low, it's whatever. Um, right. But yeah, so yeah. that's I, that's awesome. 
I agree that I would much rather have um, I would much rather have a few people that I know that we have similar tastes. Like I know that at least for the most part, I think that y'all have similar tastes to me. Um, and I have a, a few other people that it's like I, I trust their their game judgment. Where it's whereas it doesn't really matter what kind of score they're giving it. If they say I like it, I probably will. Yeah. No, I get it totally, and that's pretty much whenever we've done like. I don't think I ever put a score when, when we did our couple of podcasts about Streets of Rage 4. And I don't think we ever really put a score on it. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter if we do or don't. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I appreciate more everybody's full thoughts on the game more than I do just looking at a score and then getting mad about it one way or the other. So, so it's funny you mentioned that because I had a thought recently, like yesterday, pretty recently, about not necessarily numeric scores on games, but just capturing your true thoughts and feelings on a game. And what kind of occurred to me is that I started thinking that the best way to do it, although you can't, it's not realistic, but the best way to do it is capture your feelings about a game on the second playthrough. And okay. it'll make more sense later when we talk about what we've been playing. I'll oh, get into it a little bit more then. But because usually there are some games that I play through or I play for a second time and I'm like, eh, it's not that good. Like I, I've lost interest. I don't really care to play through it again. And then there are some games that I'll play through for a second time or third time, whatever. And I feel like, it's just as good, sometimes maybe better than I remember. And so it's almost like, well, you know, and Kevin and I, we talk about this all the time about being, you know, a prisoner of the moment and we'll play a game and it's like, oh my God, I think this is the best game ever. Or we'll see a movie and oh my God, I think this is the best movie ever. And then you usually cool off a little bit and you're like, well, I guess it's pretty good, but it's not the best, whatever. And I, I don't know. I was just thinking about that and how, I don't know. It almost seems like the second time I play through a game, that's when I'm like, okay, is this game really as good as I remember or not quite as much? But we'll get into that a little bit more later. Well, that's intriguing. Yes. Um, But before we get to that, James, two questions for you. Favorite game of all time. I do not mean what you think is the best game because, again, my favorite game of all time is Metal Gear Solid 3. I don't think it's the best game ever made and i would never say that it is but if we ever get a remake maybe um what is your favorite game of all time that's tough um so i have have a really hard time picking favorites but immediately right off the bat there were three games that come to mind um all all three of them are current gen uh and all three of them are on different consoles so the three that came to mind were zelda breath of the wild uh, God of War 2018, yes, and uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. But it's hard. It's hard for me to pick one of those because I love all three of those games for such vastly different reasons that it would be it would be kind of silly for me to compare them because what I love about Breath of the Wild is completely different than what I loved about God of War. I I think those are some strong choices. Odyssey with me, and this is the reason I'm more interested about Valhalla. Also, it well, well the main reason is probably because of God of War. 
um, because I didn't care about Norse mythology at all until I played God of War. I always yeah. loved Greek mythology even before I played the original God of, six God of War games. Um, but then that just took it to another level. I never cared about Norse mythology until I played God of War. But after I played God of War, I bought Neil Gaiman's book. I, I can't remember what it's called now, but uh, I still need to finish it. Um, but Valhalla mixed with them saying it's not going to be as big as Odyssey was along with what I loved about God of War 2018 has me intrigued for that game for sure. Right. I, I really liked my time with Odyssey, my 10, 12 hours. I think I put into it, which is obviously nothing because that game is gigantic. <laughs> uh, but I really liked my time with it. I liked the combat. I liked the open world nature of it. I liked the side quests. I liked uh, like I killed a goat and he had, he had eaten like the, the Cyclops's eye or something, and then I pulled it out of his butt or something. And yeah, so that uh, one. So when I was playing it on PS4, actually just a couple weeks ago, you get a trophy for getting the uh, mm-hmm. the eye out of the out of the butt of the goat. And I realized that I had gone like and finished the whole like main story, and I never went and found the goat. So I had to go and like hunt for it after like seventy hours of playing. <laughs> See, I, I just randomly, I got through all that and then I was running down a hill and there was like three goats. I was like, well, I'm going to kill them just because they're there. And one of them I killed, they dropped something and I pushed the button. And it was like, oh, you got a thing of onyx or something and then a trophy popped. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, oh my <laughs> God, this was the Cyclops's eye or, or whatever it was. It's been so long yeah. since I played it, but like, yeah. So I would say those are those are three good choices. Like I said, my favorite game of all time is Metal Gear Solid Three. Number two is A Link to the Past. Number three is God of War twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. And man, I don't know what's ever going to change that top three at this point. Right, Sean? Can you even I, I say? Well, I mean, I didn't think I didn't think in twenty seventeen that over the in the last three years that I would play my three favorite games of all time but here we are sean can you can you even name your top three because you you vacillate back and forth so much i know one and two in some order are linked to the past ocarina of time not seven number three i'm thinking is maybe final fantasy seven but i don't know i think that's more That's somehow that game has now just taken on a different meaning. Like I just love the story and the characters and yeah. all that stuff more than I like the game. Like it's, I played through it to finally get the platinum and it was more just to scratch an itch after playing remake. And I'm like, I just want to plow my way through the original again. And I had no intense, no intent on playing through it. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I had no, I had no intent of playing through it on um, like fast mode and okay. unlimited limit breaks and whatever. But then it just quickly devolved into that. And to me, that's kind of telling in that it's not a game that you can just play over and over and over and over and over again and have it not lose anything. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. It's not for you, Kevin. I do think you should still give it a try. Back. But yeah, if it's if you don't like turn-based games, it's not. It's just not going to work for you. So I don't know. It's probably it's easily in my top ten. But it's one of those things where 
the joy of playing it has definitely faded over the years and it's more i just love to experience it i love the story i love i love everything about it and the gameplay is probably kind of near the bottom if that makes sense um i feel like like that's the kind of thing where it's like I, i felt that way with the last of us that like my first playthrough of that game is like a 10 out of 10 but then every playthrough after that is not not as good because I know what's going to happen. But I almost feel like when you're when you're talking about your favorite games of all time, your your first playthrough of a game and where it sits after that should be like separate talking points. Well, so yeah, you kind of beam into the point, and I fully agree with you about The Last of Us because the first time I played it, it just it it was unlike anything I had ever played. I went mm-hmm. to try to go and play through it again. And I didn't even get that far. It's not like I was just like, nah, I'm done. I just happened to stop for the night and then I never picked it back up. It just didn't hit me like it did before. Um, and it's funny you say that because, you know, what I was just saying about the first playthrough versus the second playthrough and your second playthrough kind of giving you a more, uh, you know, better, maybe more honest feel about the game. But I guess it's not always true because. Right. I love Breath of the Wild and there's never been a game like it. I've never gone back and done a second playthrough and I don't know that I ever will. Like mm-hmm. I would love to be able to experience it again for the first time, but just the thought of starting that game from scratch again is just like I, I just don't really have any interest in doing it despite how much I love that game. So I don't know. It's tough. James, did you beat hard mode? I did actually. Well, we can. Uh, I had. I was going to talk about that a little bit more. Uh, okay, that that's okay. We'll 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 save her for what, what what we've been playing. But just hearing you say yes, I beat it is just like my God. The the only thing I will say, Sean, what you talk about Final Fantasy VII original is kind of how I feel about Metal Gear Solid Three. I think it's the best of the games I've played because I haven't ever beaten seven or played all the way through. It's the best story that I've ever played through. So let me ask you something, not to yes. go off on too much of a tangent here. We never do that. To <laughs> me, uh, you know, when I say Final Fantasy VII is one of the best stories ever told in a game, I fully believe, and I'm not saying you don't believe it, but to me, I think part of what makes Metal Gear Solid Three so good is knowing what has come before it. And yes. Metal Gear Solid Three, in a vacuum not nearly the same uh, effect, impact, whatever, of that story, unless you've played and had an interest in Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, and maybe going all the way back to just Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Oh, dang it. <laughs> um, no, you're 100% right. It's If it's the only Metal Gear game you've ever played, it's a cool James Bond yeah. kind of video game. But no, it's because of my love for the series and everything, and it's what's like... Before that game came out, it was just Big Boss is a horrible villain, terrorist, want to destroy the world, everything. But then you play that game and you you realize where he came from and what set him off, or not even what set him off, because it was like two or three games past that before he actually went off the deep end. But it 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 shows you where he came from and it's so good at world building. But like, but again, kind of like Final Fantasy Seven, it's like Whenever I go back and play through that game, it's more, I just want the story. But I don't want to sit on YouTube and watch six hours of cutscenes. I still want to play it. 
but that's one of the main reasons. And next week we're going to do our uh, 93 predictions. Um, but it's one of the main reasons that I so badly want that game to be remade for current gen slash next gen consoles and add the controls of Metal Gear Solid 5, change the game up, new enemy placements, whatever. But don't change the cutscenes, don't change the story one iota. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of similar. Well, I guess it's similar but different based on what you just said to to Final Fantasy Seven. So so I have a quick question. Y'all been talking about Final Fantasy VII. I've never played a Final Fantasy game at all, which is beside the point. I've been hearing a lot in the news lately about um, the next sections of the Final Fantasy VII remake. How confident are you? So y'all both finished the remake at this point, right? Yep. Yeah. How, how confident are y'all that there's going to actually be another installment based off of the news that's been going around lately? <laughs> So the funny thing, when we talked about this a, a few weeks ago, like right after we did our spoiler cast, I think, um, the news was coming out that they're going to make all these installments in small pieces and everything. And then like two days after we recorded, they were like, hey, actually, we don't know what the hell is going on. We don't know what we're going to do. We haven't even started. We're, we're just in pre-production on the next game. So what really worries me is that they're never going to see this through to the end. That's kind and of... That's- what I was thinking too. Yeah. It sucks. Like I've never played a final, I played final fantasy seven for 30 minutes before I played the remake. Um, and then after I played the remake, I played final fantasy seven for 30 minutes and I never went back. Um, <laughs> you came full circle, <laughs> but I love, I know the big story beats of the original game and without spoilers, what they're doing in this game to change things up is all I'll say is really cool. And what I worry about is that they really didn't. Okay. This is what I worry about. I worry that final fantasy seven remake is the force awakens of okay. final fantasy seven. And that they don't know what the hell they're trying to do through the rest of however many parts this game is going to be. Right. Whereas, whereas you wish it had been the Avengers and to where it gets followed up by more, by more of the same. Exactly. You, you I, want I want to be the infinity war of final fantasy seven and not the force awakens. I want it to be force awakens. I don't want it to be the last Jedi or the rise of right. Skywalker. <laughs> I'm not a fan. It's like a four out of 10 last Jedi is garbage. Um, <laughs> sorry, Bernardo. I'm glad we didn't get off on that tangent really with Bernardo when he was on here, because I was like, I can't, I can't bite my tongue. Um, but no, like I, I worry that they freaking nailed this game so hard. It's easily my game of the year right now. And it's not even close spoiler alert for the end of the year. Hopefully last of us part two, no spoilers. Uh, lives up to it and ghost i don't really know what i think about it and who knows what's after that um <laughs> i mean if we get mario 64 remake maybe that'll be my game of the year that could very well be up there um but nintendo but, would need to announce something for that to happen well well there's that <laughs> so i don't know i i just worry that they that they knocked the first part of this out of the park so hard that they got everybody's hopes and dreams and everything through the roof and that they're just going to drop the ball after this. And I think best case scenario is we get part two in like three years 
And I don't know what they're going to do with it. I just, I worry about it a lot. I really do. Right. Yeah, I don't really know. I'm torn between if we never, if somehow we never get a part two and three, four, however many there's going to be. Obviously, I would be disappointed, but part of me is like, I at least got to experience it. Like, I'm thankful for what we got. It would be a huge tease if that was all we got. Um, but I, I think I would still always be thankful for that at least. But I, I'm confident. I think there's, I think there's more coming. I don't think. I think they've truly put a lot of thought into it. They're taking it another direction. If we just got a pure remake where nothing changed and it's just like, hey, here's pretty graphics and new battle system, whatever. I think I would be less, probably much less sure that we would ever get another part. But I yeah. think the way they have done it so far, I think they have big plans. I think they've really put some thought into this. And I think I think we'll see more of it. Got so I so. What I would love to see, which I don't think this is going to happen, but I would love for the whole, like all of their interview and stuff to just be like a bunch of like jokes and that they're like, just sorry, jokes on you guys. We've really been working on part two for about two years now. It'll be out in 2021. But I don't, I don't really think I want that for everybody that I know loves the series. I mean, I don't really have any emotional ties to it, but that's, I mean, I feel like that would be like the perfect scenario though. That, that would be pulling a Kojima is what I would say. <laughs> and I would, I would freaking love it if that's true. James. So we talked about your three favorite games. What, what do you think right. is the best? And I think I know where you're going to go with this now. And I, I, well, I don't, but what's your favorite console of all time? Okay. So similar, similar to what I said earlier, um, I can very well, I can pretty solidly say that the current generation is my favorite. Um, but it's, it's kind of, it's tough because I mean, I've, I've loved all my consoles for many different reasons that like my, um, my, my dad was the one that really got me into, into video games. And that, that was like the first way that he and I really ever had like a, a passion in common. So like, I'm, I'm very like nostalgic for like the like GameCube and Nintendo 64 and even like the, um, the NES and not so much the SNES cause I never had one, but um, so I'm nostalgic for those, but nostalgia aside, um, current gen, I would say is my favorite. And if I had to choose one out of those three, um, it would probably be my Xbox one. Um, not, not to, I know, I know <laughs> not to, not to discredit anything um, that I, I love all the Sony exclusives, but um, my Xbox, I love that it, it plays well with others that it, yeah. Um, that I can connect my Microsoft account to my Google account and connect it to movies anywhere so that I can all, I can stream anything on there. I can connect it to my uh, Amazon Echo so that I can say, hey, start such and such on Xbox. And then I just walk into my game room and it's on the TV already <laughs> that I love. I love those crazy things, which, um, but, but I mean, even then, like going back to what I was saying earlier that I love my Xbox because it does all that, that it's a very, um, it's a very easy center of, uh, of 
my entertainment in my game room, but I, you can't replace the exclusives that I played on PS4 and you can't replace the stuff that I played on Switch. The, 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 same, the same way that I love all my favorite games for different reasons. Like I love different things about all my consoles, which moving forward, like I'm gonna continue to buy, I'm probably gonna continue to buy all major consoles. I like it. I think both of us, so I think Sean and I, we both settled on the SNES as our favorite. I, I think I said PS4. We, Which we is were funny one, two, because two, one. neither of us ever owned an SNES. Right, okay. which is so weird. Well, I mean, I technically, <laughs> well, I have an SNES classic and I have two SNESs that, I mean, I don't even know if they work, but they were cool well, for props. We didn't back, own it. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. yeah. But growing up, no, we were, we were, we had an NES and then we were Sega kids after that for the good and the bad. Um, yeah, so spoiler alert for our bonus episode this week, we're, we're going to do an SNES versus SNES kind of episode. Nope. What? Did you say SNES versus SNES? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> I don't know. SNES versus <laughs> NES. I know what you meant. <laughs> Nintendo versus Super Nintendo is going to be the bonus episode for patrons later this week. Um, well, that's awesome, James. Thank you for that. Uh, before we get in the rest of the, the uh, podcast, I got to remind myself, Sean, uh, text me to bleep myself around 33 minutes, please. Okay. The fucking Snyder Cut is happening. It's real. The fucking Snyder Cut is actually a real thing. I cannot, I, I am so happy. Like, I know it's probably not going to be good. It's definitely not going to be great. Hopefully it's at least good, but at least it has to be better than the BS, stupid, horrible Justice League movie that we got in theaters, which was a freaking just Frankenstein of a movie because like, I, I do wonder what would have happened if now that I don't mean to trivialize anything. Obviously what happened to Zack Snyder's family is the worst thing that could ever happen to any parent ever. But I do wonder like if, I wonder what WB would have done if they didn't have the out of, oh, Zach has to leave, let's change the whole movie, if, if his daughter didn't commit suicide. Um, like, I wonder if we would have actually gotten the real Justice League the first time around or if they would have just made him change everything and maybe that would have made him leave anyways. I don't know, but, like, I don't know if this movie will, like I said, probably not great, hopefully good at best, but I am so happy that this is actually happening it's brilliant by warner brothers i will say that because you're gonna have your 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 spike in hbo max subscriptions whenever this movie comes out and i think it's going to be as early as possible because they want that they don't want to drag this out like the shareholders and everything they're going to be like zach <clears throat> we gave you between 20 and 30 million dollars to make a quote entirely new movie from what we saw in the theatrical release of justice league um we're not going to open up the movie with Superman talking on a cell phone camera with his mangled <laughs> face. We're not going to have, it's not going to look like a made for TV movie, which was above and beyond all the other stuff that's wrong with justice league as it stands right now. My biggest complaint was that it looks like it was a made for TV movie. Like nothing looks good. It looks like a CW show and that's nothing against them. They're great for TV shows. But when you're talking about justice, right. League, which should be like Avengers one, it didn't feel like that. It didn't look like it. It was nothing. And then when you go back and look at the trailers and everything else, 
than what we thought Justice League was going to be compared to what it actually was when it came out. It's not even close. And I'm so happy that it's actually happening because like I was saying to Nick uh, on Twitter, like I get that people are sick of hearing about the Snyder cut. However, my thing being a DC fan who loved man of steel, liked Batman versus Superman, really liked Batman versus Superman ultimate cut. The whole thing was like WB told Zach, you're going to guide this ship. And he had a five movie plan, man of steel, Batman versus Superman, justice league, justice league two. And then whatever the third one was going to be a Superman movie or whatever. I want to know, even if we never see it, which again, this is like me hoping for metal gear Solid three remake. I do hope that this kills it so hard that we actually maybe, maybe they reboot the reboot of the DCEU and they actually try to do justice league two and whatever. Um, I just want to know what his vision was. I want to see Henry Cavill in the black suit. We know he shot it. He, he, showed on instagram we see him looking at the black suit in the deleted scenes on the justice league blu-ray i want to see friggin' dark side looking down on the boom tube when steppenwolf gets sucked up there i want to see henry cavill without a mangled face i want to see the scenes that were in the trailer i want to see ben affleck before he was all botoxed and fat and just weird and like not like you you can tell watching this movie that there's like there's Ben Affleck who wants to be Batman. And then there's Ben Ben Affleck who's going through rehab and he doesn't look anything like Bruce Wayne or Batman or anything. And you can tell it's so, it's so horribly done. Like I know, and I have nothing against Joss Whedon. He gave us the Avengers freaking phenomenal movie. And he was put in an impossible situation with justice league. But the movie that we got is an abomination. And I just am so happy that this is actually, we've always known it was a real thing, but now okay, we're going to so get- let me stop you there. Cause that's where I'm getting confused. Okay. There's all of this release, the Snyder cut, release the Snyder cut. Snyder cut doesn't, it's still 20 to $30 million away from being done. The Snyder cut does not exist. There's some extra footage that didn't make it into the movies, but no. like there is no Snyder cut. Okay, yes. let me let me let me tell you this. So he screened the Snyder Cut back in February for WB executives. What he screened was the movie as is right now. Obviously, they didn't get put to, to put all this millions of dollars into post production and visual effects and everything. He has a four hour movie now. They don't know if it's going to be one four hour movie or a six part series. I don't care what it is. If it's six parts and you want my money for a month and a half, I'm fine with it. HBO Max. I don't care. But. The movie is essentially shot. What, what he is saying is they need to do some more audio work, some, some overdubs or whatever. It, it seems like they're not going to do any actual reshoots because I think he has all the footage he needs. By the way, in the final Justice League movie, only one-fourth of his actual shots made it to the movie, which with a two-hour movie, what does that equal, Sean? 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Thank you, James. <laughs> 30. Zack Snyder's Justice League only had 30 minutes. So this means Joss Whedon was just like, he got an hour and a half of footage, which is why Aquaman's like, I'm on a green screen and I'm like, I'm going to dive into the water. And it's like, it looks so stupid. It looks so horrible because like, even just looking at the trailers, no, he, he, he has been sharing on Vero, which I know we all, use Vero, right? Of course. Um, he's been showing like like storyboards and, and screen grabs and all this other stuff. By the way, Joe Manganello also teased that he's hoping the actual 
the original Deathstroke post credit scene makes it into this. And I hope it does, but I'm not going to hold out hope for that. But like, no, the Snyder Cut has always existed in, well, this is what I would say. It's existed in raw form. It's not a complete movie at all. You couldn't release it now without just like storyboards filling in the gaps and stuff like that. But that's what they're putting the 20 to $30 million into is finishing all the post-production, the visual effects. That just seems like a crazy amount of money to do where you're not even doing- They already spent $300 million on it. No, but like you got to to pay all the actors and everything. There's no actors being paid now. There's no actual shots being done. It's just 20 to $30 million of visual effects and audio, whatever. Like it just seems like a crazy amount of money. I don't know. No, something, I get that. something just seems weird to me. But I think that's also us not knowing how movies work, which I don't. Well, I, I mean, I don't even understand how video game production works. But yeah. James, what do you think? I don't know. Um, honestly, it's been a long time since I've watched Justice League, and I really don't remember what was that bad about it. Um, I remember a lot. A lot of it was a lot. I on uh, Henry Cavill. Um, but I, I almost want to, like, after talking about it right now, I almost want to go back and watch it again so that I can, like, be like, oh, man, that was pretty bad. But I don't know. I remember walking out of the theater thinking it was, like, oh, it was okay. But also, yeah. like, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, that I don't think I've ever walked out of a movie theater thinking a movie was, like, bad. That, I, I, like, I love seeing movies in theaters that's like, whatever it is, like, if I'm watching it on a giant screen and it's, like, really loud, I'll probably enjoy it, like, at least a little bit. Well, yeah. it's, it's up there with... Now, don't get too upset. Uh, Last Jedi? In that <laughs> I watched it and I was like, well, that was good. That was pretty good. And then the further I got away from having watched it, I'm like... Well, that wasn't very good. I don't even think I really liked it. Like, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's as bad as The Last Jedi, but like, it's got that same kind of effect to where when I'm watching it, I'm like, oh, this is this is cool. I, I like this. And then I'm like, I don't know if I like that. I think My- for me, sorry, go ahead, Kevin. No, no, you go ahead, James. I think for me, The Last Jedi was a little bit different because I went into The Last Jedi having a list of things that I wanted. So when I left and I didn't get the, like, all I wanted was a really awesome lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and Luke. And like Ugh. when we, in the like, I, we were so close. I thought we almost had it. And then they did something else instead that I kind of, I left that one like feeling like a little bit cheated. Um, that, then when I went back and saw it again, I, I, I don't know. I don't really, I get, I get what you're saying though. That, but So for me, the difference is Justice League was screwed over by WB. Yeah. The Last Jedi was screwed over by the guy actually making the movie (laughs) who put a big double middle finger up to every Star Wars fan and was like, I'm going to subvert your expectations so much that it's not even Star Wars. And I'm not going to get into it any more than that because I just, I'm going to get mad because I think that's like worse than, it's almost worse than episode two. That's what I think about that movie. I would put it slightly above Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace, but only it's above like, one and two. It's like a four compared to a three point five. But I don't. Yeah, I can't put it any higher than that. But my I thing would, would, would probably agree. I don't remember where I put it uh, when I did a Star Wars ranking right before, um, right before Episode Nine came out. But I, I, I watched all of them kind of in a row, and I don't. There's just so much in there that doesn't make sense to me. Like why they talk about fuel so much. And, <laughs> 
but which Kevin, you've said in the past that it seems like Ryan Johnson like hates Star Wars. Yes, and I really, I really agree that it he does. does. Seem- he really does. But so here's my thing on Justice League. There are, that that is a broken Frankenstein of a movie. However, it's that kind of movie with some great moments in it. Superman fighting the Justice League was still. Every time I watch that movie now, I'm like, God, this movie sucks. I'm like, oh, he's looking at the Flash. This is so effing cool. And, but other than that, it, it's it's Superman versus Justice League. And then the way that it ends with, we finally have the real Henry Cavill Superman we should have had this whole time. But it took three movies to get there. And then it was too late where they don't even put him in Shazam. Um but what the the Superman that we get at the end of that movie is the Superman we've most people have always wanted. As much as I love Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman, like I'm saying, I still I don't want mopey Superman that's like not everybody sounds stays good. I have to poop, Lois. I have to go find him. <laughs> like that's not the Superman that I want. Is is Henry Cavill is so much better than the writing that they gave him. And again, I rewatched Mission Impossible Fallout the other night, and. Just seeing him that, I'm like, God, I don't blame him for not shaving off the mustache. Like, he clearly knew Fallout was better than whatever the hell Justice League was going to end up being. But I don't know, man. I, I'm i so happy that this is actually happening. It is funny that they're calling it Zack Snyder's Justice League. They're not calling it the Snyder Cut. They're not just calling it Justice League. They're calling it Zack Snyder's Justice League. And what I do wonder is if... If if this blows HBO Max out of the water, do they end up giving this a th- theatrical release? I do believe there's no way it's to, it, it, that it's going to stay stuck on HBO Max. There's no way. It'll get a Blu-ray release eventually. It'll get a digital release, maybe a theatrical release. I don't know. But they spent $300 million on this movie, and I think it made $630 million or something, which means it was a colossal failure because the rule, which I don't understand, is that you have to make three times your budget to start turning a profit. So they, they flopped. The, the only never, thing they, they, now they didn't flop as hard as solo because solo cost 300 million as well. And it made 360 million or whatever it was. And I think solo is a better movie, which is weird, but yeah. I don't, I don't remember. So I think, I think the difference uh, when it comes to justice league, Kevin, between you and I, is that I didn't really go into justice league with that high of hopes especially after like I wasn't um I, I hadn't seen the um, ultimate edition of Batman vs Superman I didn't really have high uh I wasn't that big of a fan and I had heard that it was the same people making it that had made uh the whole your mom's name is Martha why are you saying that name that whole thing and I was like all right well here we go let's go see it um whereas I'd I, Going back to Star Wars a little bit, I had the highest expectations going into The Last Jedi, so I, it just fell so much shorter for me. And then, Sean, I remember that both of us went into it having not seen any of the trailers or anything. Yep. Did not pay off. Nope. You well, guys learned your lesson. <laughs> so that, that's the thing. I don't know, and it's partially because of the fact that I went into it like that. Other than maybe... Endgame and maybe Infinity War, it was probably the highest hopes I had ever had going into a movie. Yeah. And I think part of that is because of, you know, doing this whole thing where I'm trying to go in blind and whatever. But 
in fairness, there was probably no way. Well, I can't say there was no way it was ever going to live up to that because Infinity War did and Endgame did. Yeah. But because my hopes were so high and they were just so ridiculously subverted that I'm like, this this was awful. I have, it's been, I don't know, three, four, whenever Disney Plus came out, probably a week or two after that, I did watch Last Jedi again. Now with my hopes way 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 down was it and better? i'm like it was better it was it was <laughs> better but but i don't know if it was better so, relatively speaking relative to my expectations it was better right. um it's still not a good movie like i still stand by it's better than one and two and i think that's it um but it i think my hopes were just i don't know my hopes were very so, very high going into it so my question there is, if we had watched trailers leading up to The Last Jedi... It wouldn't have changed anything. It wouldn't have changed anything? Would, no. would we have known that the whole thing was about fuel and tracking people through lights? That's the thing. I, no, still have me... not, I still have not gone back and watched any trailers. I don't know what the trailers the would trailers, show. The trailers were so good. And that's really? why I was probably even more disappointed than you because I watched every freaking trailer. It was just like... No, we're going to have a movie about a very, like the slowest high-speed chase you've ever seen in your life. Fuel is apparently a thing in Star Wars for the first time. Leia dies, but then she just goes, and she floats back. By the way, Carrie Fisher, not to like belittle anything, which I'm not doing, but like she died in December of 16. This movie came out in December of 17. They could have fixed, like, she should have, Princess Leia or General Leia should have died when she went out into space. It's, it's Kylo already killed his dad. He didn't fire the shot at his mom, but he was attacking and then he stopped and another TIE fighter actually did the shot and would have killed her. But like, they had an out. And then it's just, you, you, because you didn't take that, you now have to build episode nine around her when it's just so odd to see her there when you can tell she's not in the scene none of the dialogue makes sense so do you remember i can't remember what episode james do you watch the office uh yes there's an episode um oh it's the episode it's It's probably the season (laughs) you know exactly where i'm going there's there's an episode in season eight or nine where andy finds out he may or may not have had slave owner ancestors or something Yes, and Daryl's like, I got a whole bunch of stuff to do. I got to go today. Let's go ahead and pre-record some of these uh, talking heads. And he's like, wow, that person has sure gotten him or herself into quite a predicament. And that's how all of Leia's dialogue is in episode nine. It's just these generic canned statements. And it's like, oh, well, let's have somebody say this to her so we can put that clip in there. And it's just so awkward. I didn't feel that way watching episode nine. So... But, but I mean, I think I was able to just kind of ignore it because I knew, I kind of, I knew what they had done. Um, coming out of episode eight, I probably would have agreed with you, Kevin, that they should have just killed off Leia. But I actually did really enjoy what they did with her character and how she was able to, I, I did like what they did with her character in episode nine. Um, that being said, I haven't rewatched that movie since it was in theaters. So if I were to watch it again, in, in real life, it, I might not enjoy it as much. Well, that's the funny thing for me is when I did, so I went in thinking the movie was going to suck and then it sucked. 
So then when it came out on Disney Plus, or actually I bought it on Blu-ray before it came out on Disney Plus, I was like, I'm going to watch episode nine again. And knowing how stupid and nonsensical it was ahead of time helped me because I was just like, okay, you're going in knowing that literally nothing in this movie makes sense. Nothing really makes sense connecting it to the first, to the two previous movies. So if you just enjoy it for what it is, so I was, I was listening to uh, Colin and his brother Dagan did knock back uh, about Rise of Skywalker. Colin finally watched it and he, he freaking hates it. Um, he, he still thinks it's better than Last Jedi, but that's like, for him, it's probably a two and a 2.5. Um, but like what Dagan was saying in that podcast was like, it's not a good Star Wars movie at all. Nothing makes sense. However, if you, if you can just set your expectations right and just think of it like a summer blockbuster popcorn movie, like a last action hero, or I don't know why I went way back to 94, but <laughs> something like that to where the story doesn't matter. You know, it's not going to make sense. It is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. I will say that it's probably the prettiest Star Wars movie I've ever seen. If you don't worry that it doesn't make sense, it's okay. And so when yeah, I watched it's at least it entertaining, again, if yeah, not good, I, I liked it a lot better the second time for sure. I actually, so based off of seeing it in the theaters, I really was satisfied with it um, because I went in there thinking that they were going to be doing a lot of course correction from The Last Jedi that I expected it to. I mean, I think part of it is just what we've been talking about, about managing your expectations that I didn't really go in there expecting much, that I thought that either they were just going to completely throw The Last Jedi out the window and just pretend it never happened or something, that it, I think it was better than I thought it would be, but still not as good as I wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, based off of the trajectory of the trilogy after The Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I think especially when you're closing out the entire Skywalker saga, right. I think we deserved more than what we got. And I do think, Sean, you might agree with me. I think last, I, I think the Revenge of the Sith is a better movie. I like that movie way more than most. Well, people both do. of us do. Yeah. Wait, you like you like which one? Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Sith. Sith way more. Yeah, I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good story it's got the perfect payoff um i think the writing is not very good i think the story told is good but the dialogue is just kind of i have the high ground oh i that that's that that's it's just the first thing no i know that's just the first thing that comes to my mind the the sand it's so coarse that's some, that's some of it two, is right? definitely Hayden Christensen's uh, delivery yeah, but, but it's I, like but when you it, look at what he's being told to say it's just yeah right it's just well, brutal but it's a good story and it it brings it it I don't know I think I think it's a good movie I don't where care. I am with most of these is like I can watch almost any Star Wars movie and enjoy it that yeah. like even even episode one and episode eight there's parts of it that I can enjoy or like I could probably enjoy about half of it. Um, episode eight, by the way, is absolutely two. beautiful. That, that's the, the shot, one thing. The, the holdo maneuver or whatever, like the holdo that maneuver shot is right. 
Beautiful. That that in and of itself so, makes it a watchable movie. That's and, yeah, that's like the one redeeming quality. Of well, and also the 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 salt planet with the red coming up. But yeah, go ahead, James. So, so I know y'all. Uh, I really like this. So the cinematography in eight is awesome. Yes. But the only one that I can probably the only Star Wars movie that I can watch and probably not enjoy more than half of it is probably episode two. That like it's so it's so weird. Like, I just really like, don't even remember what happened. It's like <laughs> one it's is not good, <laughs> right? Like one is not good. It's all Jar Jar Binks. Everything is a green screen, but it's got you know Duel of the Fates. That whole fight is awesome. Exactly. It's got pod racing, whatever. But this like is pod racing. It's got Qui Gon. I love I love me some Qui Gon. But like I know what happens in the first one. I maybe don't understand all of the political side of it, but like. Right. In general, I know what happens in that movie. So I have no idea what happens in episode two. I literally, I probably should, haven't should, seen it since I saw it in theaters. You should go back and watch it. Let me know what you think. I kind of, uh, I kind of feel so like wait, I should. Wait, let me say this. So I can remember watching it in theaters. I was in college. Yes, that's how old I am in 2002. And I can remember, first off, I'm watching it and I'm like, there's no physical sets in this movie like i like you said episode one was all uh, green screen no they had much more actual sets it was literally yes they never shot anywhere except with like a blue wall and floors and that was it and it was so distracting to where you can tell like nothing looks real i i still kind of i I like the opening in the chase of the bounty hunter and all that and you know when cancer stick i will never smoke again whatever it is but like I do. Nah, remember I don't even the, know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, re- I do. It's okay. <laughs> I remember to this day, though, when I saw that in theaters, and while it makes no sense, and I much more prefer Puppet Yoda to CGI Yoda, sitting in that theater opening, I don't think it was opening night, but it was opening weekend. Yes. In Geneseo, when that little green when mother he effort, lights up, yeah. When he pulls out that lightsaber, I just, I, I think I might have stood up, but I can remember the entire audience in that theater in geneseo going bananas for this little green dude jumping and flipping and doing all this and and it was just looking back i'm like this is so the the whole point of yoda is he doesn't need a lightsaber and he's just he's he's smarter and he's better with the force and everything but I, i will never forget that was one of my most unforgettable moments in a theater one of the other ones that jumps in my head is you know the when the t-rex came through the wall came through the fence in jurassic park but like that moment has not aged well at all. But I will say in that moment in time, when I saw it in the theater, literally every person in that theater lost their mind for Yoda finally pulling out a lightsaber and drinking from Ponce de Leon or whatever fountain of youth to just be bouncing all over the place and kicking Count Dooku's butt. And everything else in the movie is absolute garbage. I pretty much agree. Um, so I had, I, I don't know when the last time I had watched it was, but I, um, until I watched it right before uh, The Rise of Skywalkers, I watched all 10 Star Wars movies, um, well, one through eight, and then Solo and yeah. uh, Rogue um, And it, it was weird. Like, I remember, I remember watching it in theaters, and I want to say I, I enjoyed it in theaters. I mean, I was young. I didn't know any better. Um but now, like, there's two specific scenes that actually stick out to me that I really enjoy. One of them is when Anakin's mom is, like, dying at the Tuscan Raider camp. And they, they have, like, a little conversation between two of them. And it's re- actually, like, really powerful. Um, 
and then he kind of goes crazy and kills a bunch of sand people. Now that I remember. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of him like losing control and then his like monologue he has after that. But the scene with him and his mom is I think is actually really good. Um, and then there's one specific scene where um, Jango Fett leaves Kamino and uh, Obi Wan is chasing after him and his little giant starfighter and when they're going the sound when they're going through um the asteroid field the um, like yep. seismic charges or whatever the the sound design on that is awesome because the entire thing just goes silent and it makes this like huge like shockwave and i uh i mean seeing it seeing it today those were the only two those were the only two redeeming parts of the entire movie <laughs> yeah, I, I think the last time I watched it all the way through was before episode seven. And I was like, I'm never going to do this again. But every once in a while, I'll be like, I'm bored. I don't feel like playing a game. I'll look at TNT and it's like, Attack of the Clones. I'm like, well, <laughs> fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, the Snyder Cut's happening. What the hell? How did we get, on, how did we get that deep into Star Wars? Disappointing movies. We kept okay. comparing Justice League to The Last Jedi. That's right. All right. <laughs> All right, moving on. James, what have you been playing this week? Um, that's a great question. I've been playing, so I finished, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I finished uh, Breath of the Wild Master Mode, uh, which it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, that game's hard enough when you just play through it before you get leveled up. I mean, quote unquote, yeah. leveled up. Uh, Sean, you had mentioned that you hadn't gone back and played Breath of the Wild at all. Um, I really recommend checking out Master Mode. They they changed some things. They um, they changed the location of some of the stronger creatures. Um, they also added um, there's a new tier. So before there were just the basic red enemies, and then blue, black, and silver. And now there are gold enemies, hmm. um, which are they're much stronger. Um, and Doesn't everything also, do like double damage or something? Does Isn't that the main yeah. enemy health, including Ganon? Um, if you stop attacking them for more than about ten seconds, their health starts regenerating. <sighs> which that's what gave me the most wow. trouble was getting like halfway through my fight with Ganon, and then his health would just start like inching back up because you can only you can only hit him at certain moments. I had so much fun with it though. I felt. I felt like it had been um, long enough since I played it the first time that there was so much that I didn't remember and that I had forgotten, that, which I didn't really care for a lot of like the side quests or anything or any of the story or anything anymore. But the, the gameplay was still so enjoyable, just being able to like explore and being like, well, I, I remember like something that I could, like that this would kind of work this way. And then I would try it and I would die. Um, but I, I really enjoyed playing through it again. Um, I also played through the Legend of Zelda Four Sword Adventures, um, all the way through for the first time. That one, um, I have that one on GameCube. Um, it was, it's one of the multiplayer ones, but I don't have anyone to play with, so it's just been me. Um, it's, it's very, it's very strange. Um, you control, you your link you pull a sword out of a stone and you split into four parts you control all four of them kind of at the same time um i really 
there were parts of it that I really enjoyed. Um, a lot of the puzzle solving, a lot of the, um, it's, it's more of like a hack and slash kind of combat style, which they'd like basically just fill a screen with enemies and you just kind of get to just, just destroy them. All of that was really fun. Um, but then I wasn't really a fan of a lot of the boss battles. Um, but that's, that's pretty much it. Not a whole lot there. Um, I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed playing it though. Uh, I had fun with it. Um, I've also been replaying The Last of Us, uh, mm. getting ready for part two, which I know I had mentioned not enjoying The Last of Us like, uh, <laughs> as much on a second playthrough. Um, I've, I've been kind of doing like an hour here, an hour there. Um, I've, I've pretty much been enjoying it though. There was a lot of stuff that I don't really remember. It's been uh, a couple years since I played it the first time. Um, and then what I've actually been playing the most of, uh, sticking with revisiting Zelda games, um, I've revisited Skyward Sword, um, which that one I can honestly only play for about an hour at a time because it gets so frustrating with the motion controls. Yeah, like uh, I so badly want to play that game. Like I think if they could get rid of all the motion crap, it's and really not a bad game. It's the motion it's, it's control. It's really not, but yeah. I don't think they would ever remaster it because yeah. what I'm realizing on this playthrough, I'm probably only about five hours in. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, it looks like they had the motion controls and then they wrote the game around the motion controls. Yeah, yeah if you take the motion, as much as I don't like the motion controls, if you take them out, it's a very just generic game, it kind of seems right. like. The, like. There's a lot of stuff that really just doesn't make sense. And a lot of things that you, we've been doing in Zelda games for years that now you have to do with motion controls, which don't really make sense, like selecting things in a menu and like all in like throwing stuff and like all these things and then the combat is probably the most frustrating for me um exactly exactly but i do i do it's still enjoyable but it's definitely not as good as i remembered it being um and then also your companion that you get in uh the fee the little fairy that lives inside your sword is the most obnoxious companion that I, I've ever encountered. More than the Navi? Entire, it'd be like, I'm here, I'm here talking to Sean, and it'd be like, we, Sean and I have an entire conversation. It'd be like, oh, yes, Zelda is not here anymore. But if you can find all my friends, I will help you find them. And then I'll be done talking <laughs> to Sean, and I'll start running away. And then she'll pop out of my sword and force me to talk to her and be like, ah, it looks like Zelda's not here anymore. But if you can find all Sean's friends, he might help you <laughs> find her. And it's like, yes, I know. <laughs> Your princess just, is in another little castle. Those things that I didn't remember when um, when I was playing it the first time. Or maybe I, I just blocked them out. I don't know. See, that game, what, what I've read up about it and all the... I've got three of the Zelda books. I didn't get the one for Breath of the Wild, but I got the other three. Like, everything about the story is so intriguing to me. But then when I think about the gameplay, I'm just like... I can just read what happens in this game. I don't want to play it. And like what Sean's always said is he doesn't think, and like you were just saying now, like the gameplay is so intrinsic in this that they can't really just right. remake it and get rid of that because it would change the entire game because everything. No, about it would have combat, to be a true like 
ground up remake not just a remaster exactly um i do if they if they do ever remake it though i would definitely recommend playing it um i don't i really don't think that they will unfortunately yeah just because they would have to kind of basically start from the ground up yeah yeah, I don't. I don't want to be waving my Joy Cons all over the place. I just want to play a Zelda game the way it's supposed to be played. I was gonna say though, I think. Um, did y'all both play Twilight Princess on Wii? I've got it on Wii a, U. Yeah, I played it on Wii when I got the Wii, and then I okay. played it what three, four years ago on Kevin's Wii U, the the remaster or whatever. So I actually think the motion controls worked really well on Wii, mainly because the swinging your sword and the other things that it would have you use, it would just treat swinging your sword like a button that he that it wasn't actually like tracking your motion. Oh, uh, um, okay. Whereas, in, like, one of the things that also really annoys me about Skyward Sword is that if your sword is drawn and you're running, Link looks like ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> like, that like because it, it'll track any motion that you do with the Wii remote and so he's just like running around with the sword like out in front of him <laughs> <laughs> no see no, no. <laughs> i don't know i don't know how to explain it in a way that like conveys how ridiculous it is oh i can picture it i just i want no part of it <laughs> I, I just want it to be i want them to put yeah twilight princess's controls into skyward score skyward blah, 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 skyward sword and then i'll play it right which i think Honestly, I think that's kind of where it works out that uh, Twilight Princess was a dual release on the on the GameCube as well because yep. they couldn't do anything too crazy with the motion controls. Right. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I've been playing. What, what have you been playing? Sean, what you got? So I, I think I touched on it last week. I was playing through Hollow Knight again. Um, I had very high hopes that I was going to, I mean, it, it's switch, but more or less, you know, platinum. get the platinum. Yeah. At least, you know, do a hundred percent of the stuff. Um, this game, I, I had to quit. I mean, I eventually beat it. I couldn't even get okay. like the best ending. I think I got the, I think I technically got the second worst ending compared to the worst ending the first time. Um, I did a lot more this time around. Um, I got all of the little pins, badges, things you can equip for different abilities. I got all the mask pieces, all of the other pieces. You get all your the soul things and the, the your health. I did all that. I beat a lot of optional bosses. Um, but then all of a sudden, I just I got to some of the most like extreme not even probably not even some of the more extreme optional bosses and just couldn't do it um there's when you fight the final boss the more or less the final boss there's a part where um you can either just finish it off or you do this other attack which you end up going into this dream world and there's like the final final boss you have to fight Mm. I couldn't beat it. I eventually just said, screw it. I'll just take the easy way out and just kill him and whatever and be done with it. I may try to go back and at least do that. Um, I think there's five different endings. That's like the middle one if you beat that final, final boss. Um, but there's 
this thing you can do where you can go into, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a, you can go back and re-fight you know, a good selection of the bosses in the game, except A, they're much harder, and B, you have to make, I can't remember what they call it, but some kind of um, like a sacrifice. And either you're, you can only have like four hit points instead of eight or however many you have at that point, or you don't get, much or maybe any soul which is what you use to use your spells and to recharge your life or your damage goes way down or all of your pins or badges or whatever they're called are broken and you can't use them so you have to like choose one like handicap kind of thing in addition to the bosses being way harder than they were the first time and most of these bosses i struggled with beating them the first time around so now they're gonna be much harder and i need to do these handicap things i'm like there's no way i'm going to beat it um, that being said, I had an absolute blast with it. I, I absolutely love that game. It's the optional stuff is very, very difficult. The main portion of the game, it's hard, but it's not crazy hard. Um, then I found myself in kind of a Metroidvania mood. I'm like, what, what should I play now? I started looking into, um, you know, like best Metroidvanias on Switch, best Metroidvanias on PS4, whatever. And I'm like, what do I want to play? I thought about, but I didn't pull the trigger yet. I thought about buying Ori because mm. I think I've heard nothing but good about that game. Um, I I really liked that one. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I think I do need to check that out. Um, there was another one. Oh, Dead Cells. I almost bought that, but. In the end, I realized, oh, well, what I've got is Chasm. Oh! I thought you were <laughs> gonna play you played as I thought you were gonna say you played as Zangetsu in Bloodstone. Oh, I forgot. Is that out? Yeah. Well crap, I need to do that too. But anyways, I started over Chasm. I freaking love that game. My God. It's a great game. Um, it seems especially after Hollow Knight, it just feels very like cheap and i don't mean it's more basic yeah yeah like it's hollow knight it's like here's the world go explore yeah um you can get to some places you can't get to other places chasm it's open world but it's like you just kind of go until you can't go any further and then once you can't go any further they're probably going to give you a new ability and you're like oh now i need to go back so i can go here and then i can go that way for a while and then eventually i'll get a new item and then I need to go over this way. It's just very, it's linear, but not linear. If that It's makes almost sense. like Metroid Fusion. Yeah, kind of, but they don't hold your hand and tell you where to go. Right. Uh, whereas Hollow Knight, it's just, here's the world. Go. go. Just go explore. Figure out where you can and can't go. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm having fun, but it definitely, so this is why I was talking about what I was talking about earlier. I think when we played these games, um when chasm came out and i don't know i think i played hollow knight a bit after it came out but i'm guessing it was 2018 does that sound right 17 was it 17 it was 17 yeah yeah it was 17 yeah 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 17 good lord well anyway because that was when the messenger came out too that that was why i'd never beat hollow knight because i was metroidvania it out well so i remember in our top 10 for that year I struggled 
I forgot about Messenger, but Messenger was right there with it. I struggled with Messenger, Hollow Knight, and Chasm, Chasm. Yeah. and where they relate to one another. Wait, I James think... came out in 17. Okay. That's and crazy. And Chasm came out in 18. Okay. okay. So Chasm yeah. was 18? I think so, if I'm looking at the right game. Yeah, I'm <sighs> sure. So, but, and, but it was probably, I played Hollow Knight in 18. I know I didn't play it when it first came out. Well, but, uh, right, exactly, right. yeah. Um, okay okay yeah but I, I i struggled with how to rank them and i think i ultimately put hollow knight on top you did looking back now i'm not saying chasm's a bad game it's a good game hollow knight and i think it's i almost appreciate hollow knight more the second time around and i think i also don't chasm didn't age as well i think it's a combination of the two hollow knight to me is a masterpiece i think it is 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 hollow knight also a metroidvania yes okay that one i've heard such great things about it it's on uh it's on game pass i have it downloaded on my xbox i just never got to play it if you like the genre like if you like metroidvanias and you're not Mm -hmm. afraid to I mean, it's kind of like Breath of the Wild. Like, it's it's just very open world. They don't hold your hand at all. It's like, for big swaths of the game, you're wandering around a new area with no map. And you just kind of need to remember where you went and where you've been. And eventually you'll get the map. But it's not, it's not like Metroid or Chasm or right. Symphony of the Night or Bloodstained or any of those where, like, the map is like they're, they're every room. Little- yeah, every room is like a block and you can see the exact place on the map. Hollow Knight, the map is almost more, it's not literally, but it's almost more like hand-drawn. It's just kind of abstract, and you can see, it's just not so black and white. Like, I know I am right here in this room. It's just kind of, here's what this area looks like, and I don't know, it's just really well done. The game's a masterpiece. I I absolutely love it. And that's what I'm saying. I think on my second playthrough of both now, Chasm doesn't come anywhere close to Hollow Knight. It's still a very good game, and I'm I'm having fun playing through it again. But like Hollow Knight, when I died, I'm like, Ugh. all right, come on, let's do this. See, Chasm, I think when I died, especially because I hadn't saved in a while, I yeah. almost was like, nope, I'm done. I put it down <laughs> for a little bit. I came back later that afternoon, and within like a half hour, I got caught back up to where I was, you know, with the progress I had lost. But there's See, been a couple times I died in the game, and I thought. I don't, this is, like, I don't, like, I think I'm just done. And each time I pick it back up and I keep going. But, like, I don't know. I absolutely loved Hollow Knight. Chasm, it's like, it's fine. It's fun. I enjoy pretty much any Metroidvania you throw at me. Um, But, man, it just, I think it just makes me appreciate Hollow Knight that much more. It's, it's, to me, it's a masterpiece. See, to me, I like Chasm more because, first off, it's easier Second off, it really does feel like symphony. And I think it, a, a lot of it is probably the weapons you get and everything and the enemy types and all this other yeah. stuff. But it's also the map and how, like you were saying, it's one rectangle block for every room. And you can tell yeah, exactly Hollow Knight where you is are. Definitely more of a different approach to a Metroidvania. Yeah. It's a, it's Metroidvania. I mean, it's still very much Metroidvania, but it's, I don't know. I wouldn't go so far as to say Chasm is like a symphony or a Bloodstained clone by any means, but it's very much influenced by it. Whereas Hollow Knight, it's like, it's a Metroidvania, yeah, but it's just kind of its own, they they just created their own thing with it. 
and I don't know. I think you should, you both definitely need to give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think you both, yeah, you mentioned um, Ori, Ori and the Blind Forest. Yeah. Y'all should definitely both give that one a try. I loved that game. Um, lots of fun. The thing, the thing about um, Hollow Knight, there's just so much, like, it's just beautiful. I, I have no idea what's going on with the story. I don't really care. It's just a beautiful world. And it's just, it's fun to explore. But the other thing is there's just so much like bonus, not bonus, but like just optional stuff. And it's not just bosses. It's like abilities that you just, you don't need to beat the game, but it helps out. And like, you'll think you've explored the whole map and all of a sudden you find like a false wall that you can break. And all of a sudden you're in this entire new part of the map that you didn't even know existed. And there's just so much like, optional there it's one of the more it's one of the deepest games i think i've played without being and it never feels overwhelming some of the fights i guess feel a little overwhelming um but just the content it's huge but it's not you just kind of want to explore you want to see what else is out there and um gosh i don't know it's it's a fantastic game and I think you both you both definitely need to check it out. Um, Ori piqued my interest when I first heard about it. Then I forgot when I was looking into it. I forgot there's been a sequel already. And I'm yeah. like, well, how different are they? Do you know? Is should I start with the first one? Do I just play the second one? So I don't know. That's likely going to be the next one I'll I'll jump into because I, I think a lot of people gave it like their game of the year. I think when it came out and so. so the first- I know is on Switch. I don't think the second one. Uh, yeah, is. I think only the yeah, first one's on Switch. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it was May. I think it was a Microsoft Game Studios uh, game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but yeah, that's 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 all I've been playing. So I've been playing Mario Maker Two. I have completed my second world. Uh, I still have to beat everything and upload it, but I recreated Super Mario World One. And I will say, as I was texting Sean throughout this week, I was like, what the hell? Like, the first world of Mario, I I feel like if I were to do world two or three, it would be a lot easier. But in world one, in Yoshi's Island, there are so many things that are so specific to that game that are not in Mario Maker. Like, there's none of the dinosaur enemies. You can't do a pipe on a diagonal. You can't have the water world, uh, you know, world uh, four, I think. Yeah, World 4, where you've got the water, and then there's these things you jump on that they float in the water, and then Big Bertha comes to try to get you. You, you can't do any of that. So I had to, like, it's, it's, when I say remix, it's really a remake, honestly, of this entire world. But I think I did a good job. And also, you can't fight Iggy on a, on a lava platform that does this, so I had to go with that. It was just, it was a lot more challenging than doing Mario 3's World 1. But I've done that, and at some point here in the next few weeks, Sean will play through it, and we will have it up here on the channel. Yes. Um, the only other thing I have been playing, I did start playing The Last of Us for the first time in six years because I played it in 20... Actually, no, I think it was five years. I think I finally played it in 2015. It, it hit PS4 in 2014. Well, it was either 14 or 15. I, I have to go look at my trophies to see, but... um. This game, first off, the opening is even worse. Even when you know everything that's coming, it doesn't make it any easier. It is 
heartbreaking. It's so well done though. Like I cannot wait to see what they do with Last of Us Part Two. By the way, don't post, don't post, don't post any spoilers in the comments, or you'll be banned forever. If right. I, I don't even. I've I've heard. I don't even want to like post on Twitter anything that I'm playing the first Last of exactly. Us. Exactly. The fear of like people posting spoilers. Yeah, I'm not gonna do like hashtag Last of Us or anything on this video because right. it'll, I'm just so worried that somebody will comment and I'll see it before I can delete it. Um, it's just. I forgot that you start the game playing as Sarah. I had forgotten that part, that there's that whole thing where you're going through the house. It actually kind of reminded me of like RE2 remake and RE3 remake. Like the beginning of RE3 when you're playing as Jill, when you wake up and everything. And then that part in RE2 when you're going through the uh, uh, the orphanage, whatever. Um, it's just so friggin' intense. Um, I will say though, I didn't expect to think this, but I will say when I was playing through this, I've only played an hour, hour and a half so far. It feels like a game that was made in 2013 to me. Are and you I, playing it on, sorry. Are, were you, are you playing it on PS3? Four. Okay, you're playing the remastered? Yep. Okay. Like, it looks great, but there's just something about it that, like, the way everybody's walking and stuff. And it's just like, I know it was really, they, they, they just took the original game. They just up it. They, they didn't change anything, but I love the story. I love the world and everything, but it just, when I'm playing it, it just feels like an older game. Um, I do want to play through it all though. Cause it's only, I know 12, 15 hours, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, is how, how far are you? Uh, I've met Tess. I've gone underground. I've fought through the dark. I'm fighting some of, I think, Marlene's men, I want to say it is. Have you met Ellie already? No, not yet. Okay, so you're, you're still pretty early. Yeah. Where, where I am, uh, Tess is no longer part of our group. Okay. Uh, about an hour past that. Okay. Which I, I want to say puts me maybe a third, maybe like halfway. I don't really know. Um, when you played it the first time, had it been spoiled? Like, did you already know you, it was already spoiled for you? The, the, I knew the ending when it came out. And then I was going to play it on PS4. And then the PS4 launch trailer spoiled the beginning spoiler. And I was like, well, what the frick am I supposed to do now? So... I've always thought that's one of the reasons that I don't hold it as highly as a lot of other people do, but I'm over the moon. Last of Us Part Two is my most anticipated game this year. Okay. Uh, probably tied with Final Fantasy VII Remake. But, yeah, that, that's one of the reasons that I don't think it's – it's not my top ten of all time, but I think it's mostly because I knew the two big story beats. I, I knew where – I didn't know how it got there, but I knew how it ended, and I knew that beginning spoiler as well. So I played it for the first time in 2018 when I it was the first game that I bought there that I bought when I bought my PS4, um, and somehow I made it five whole years knowing almost nothing about the game, wow. and I played through it from start to finish with no spoilers at all. And at the at the end the the, the end I did not see it coming. Wow. It, which it, it just it, it was incredible. I love it, and I know the popular theory. How can I say this without spoiling anything? The popular theory is that you were actually the bad guy. I don't believe that. I think I would have done the exact same thing in their shoes. Um, I, I don't believe that that person is actually the bad guy. I would have done the exact same thing, um, especially when you see how the game 
begins like it begins that way for a reason to set up the ending and how much that person cares about that other person. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you're the bad guy at all. All right, Sean. Yes. You want to get news of the week? Nope. You owe us a foot story. Oh my God, the foot story. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I made uh, ravioli and with with red sauce and chicken i just put the chicken cut up the chicken it was already cooked put in the red sauce let it warm up make the ravioli put it all in the pot everything's good we eat dinner and then my six-year-old casey wants seconds so he takes his ceramic bowl over there and he scoops him up some ravioli and then i don't know what happens but i'm sitting there with eliza and all of a sudden i hear wha-bam and ka-ching and ka-ching 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 and i'm like oh and I don't want him to feel bad. I'm like, it's an accident. It's fine, Casey. I'll get you another bowl. I'll get you more ravioli. Ravioli, go, go. So there's ravioli and broken bowl everywhere. And so then I say, all right, I'll clean this up. Start cleaning everything up. Get the big pieces. Put them in a bag. Throw it out. Get rid of the ravioli, paper towel, all this other stuff. Apparently, at some point, what had happened was. I stepped on a piece of broken bowl and I must've stepped on it like underneath the, like, I guess the ball of your foot, whatever the super thick part of your foot is, you know, that I stepped on it and it didn't cut me and I didn't feel anything. And then Eliza was like, I'm done. So I walk over there to clean her up. So I stepped on the piece of bowl with my left foot, my right foot itched. So I was like, hold on, Eliza, I'll be right there. And I put my left foot onto my right foot and kind of scratched it, not knowing that I had a broken piece of bowl. And I went rip, rip before I realized what was happening. I was like, oh my God, hold on, Eliza. And I looked down and I'm just like, yep, I'm bleeding. I cut open (laughs) my foot with my foot with a broken bowl of ravioli. And I can tell you if you were ever wondering what it feels like to get spaghetti sauce into a open wound it is not good at all and it hurts a lot also nick threw me a football earlier and he threw it short and i tried to kick it to stop it you know how you're like eh, try to yeah. kick it, stop it well i kicked it but then i kicked it and it bounced and because a football bounces on like a basketball or anything it bounced on the ground and up into my privates i'll just say that and i went down in a heap and Casey thought it was funny. He's like, Dad, did you get hit in the balls? I'm like, yes, Casey, I did. <laughs> so I've had a very, very rough day today. Okay. I couldn't figure out. Wait, all that happened today? That was just today. <laughs> this is my life. I couldn't figure out because you said you broke or, you know, Casey broke the bowl and you stepped on it, but then you cut open your other foot mm-hmm. with the bro i'm just like but does it make sense you stepped there with- no yeah now i get okay it, but well i couldn't just take that was again it took like a two-minute conversation <laughs> to explain it there was no way i could explain that in a text but yeah and i have a giant band-aid on my foot let me see <laughs> <laughs> my foot is gross i don't know why i just put that on camera oh just God. blur it out yeah, I don't know how to do that. I can blur the whole thing. I don't know. If, actually, I might be able to, but I'm not going to remember. 
Hopefully, I just remember you. to bleep out the bleeping sniper cut. <laughs> Snipe, sniper cut. Sniper. Snyder cut. All right, uh, Sean. All right, now, now I'm ready to get into the news of the week. Let's do it. All right. PS5 game reveals are apparently coming soon. This comes from Push Square. Who else is a little bit tired of hearing the word poop? <laughs> also known as soon. If you've been watching us for a while, you know Sean likes to put poop into weird places. <laughs> In the document is what I meant to say. It's a word on everybody's lips at this moment, poop. And now Sony itself has adopted the term. As part of the company's latest corporate strategy meeting, it said, quote, we plan to introduce a compelling lineup for PS5 soon, end quote. How soon this may be is the question up for debate. The rumor mill, rumor mill, not meal, I'm not hungry, is pointing towards a digital PlayStation event in early June, although the exact date is said to have shifted slightly in the past 24 hours. This was a few days ago. That claim comes from Venture Beats' Jeff Grubb, who says that a few third-party publishers have opted to announce their lineup on their own terms. This shouldn't affect any first-party reveals, at least. If Sony really does have plans to announce its lineup of games within the first week or so of June, we shouldn't be too far away from official confirmation. The likes of a Demon Souls remake and Horizon Zero Dawn 2 are top contenders for the rumored event. Also, Sony also said this week that they revealed that apparently the PS5, because of the SSD, is 100 times faster than the PS4. What do you guys think? I mean, at this point, Sony's kind of running out of time. So it has to be, quote unquote, soon or poop. Right. Um, and I just want them to poop or get off the pot, honestly. You, you took the it, words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's, it's at the point now where you have to, if, if this thing is actually coming out this year, which I do believe it is, um, it may be in limited quantities, which I also believe. You have to do this very soon, and you can't just do what Xbox has already done. You have to show first-party games. Like, Infinite was revealed, what, two years ago, maybe three years ago, and they haven't shown a second of gameplay yet. You need to come out of the blocks, and if it's either Ratchet & Clank or Horizon 2, whatever it is, you have to actually show the game in playable form. There, there has to be something that is a system seller if... if so Xbox is going the route of you can play Halo Infinite on the Xbox One or the Series X. It's fine. PlayStation apparently is taking the opposite course to say like Horizon 2 or whatever it's going to be is going to be a, be a PS5 only game. Like you can't just rely on third-party games. You can't rely on Madden and Watch Dogs Legion and Valhalla. You have to show a first-party game and it has to be announced very soon. So what do you guys think? I agree. I mean, all signs point to, you know, that early to mid-June time frame. Um, I think Sony realizes that they need to poop or get off the pot. And I think they are going to come out guns blazing. I think there's not going to be the slow, like, trickle of information, gameplay, whatever. Like, I think when they do it like the floodgates are going to open and it's just going to be like all right here's everything boom and i think it's going to blow everyone's minds i don't think ps5 is coming out this year oh really? <laughs> killing me james 
I mean, I, I would love for it to come out this year, but if we if we judge where we're going based off of what's been happening so far, I don't think it's been that realistic, especially since when they don't really seem that urgent to share anything with us. Yeah, I, I'm hoping against hope that it's this year. I don't know why I'm hoping that I'm going to spend $500 plus a couple of games, but, I mean, I am. Um, I just want... It's been seven, almost seven years, obviously, since the PS4 and Xbox right. launched. I'm, I'm ready, um, and especially after that, like, like we've talked about many times, I, we don't want, meaning Sean and I, don't want next gen to just be about visuals. We want it to be right. take that processing power, take that SSD, and take it to the next level to where GTA Six you can go and quote unquote every building. Um, I don't think it'll be that. I do think it'll be whenever we get GTA six, three years from now, whatever it'll be, it'll be some kind of semblance of that. But after seeing that unreal five demo, I'm like, Oh my God, but these games really are going to look ridiculous. And I cannot, I, I just can't wait. And I want to spend $500 this year. As dumb as that sounds like I've set money aside already. I'm ready for it. I just need the, the pre-orders to go up on Amazon or Best Buy or wherever I'm going to, this is why I've subscribed to Wario for alerts ever since the NES Classic came out. Um, I want to know when it's on sale, when, when it's, when the pre-orders are up so I can get in there, even if it's, a, well, once this thing gets announced, I'm not going to turn on Do Not Disturb in the middle of the night anymore. I'm going to be woken up every night by, <laughs> my, my phone's going to be vibrating on my uh, bedside table, just waiting for when Wario says, hey, pre-orders are up and I'm going to wake up and I'm going to pre-order it and I'm going to go, so. I, I I so hope it's this year. I so hope it is launching with the Horizon 2, or at least it's in the launch window. Even if they say, like, early 21 or something like that, uh, I'm cool with it. Like, if I get a PS5, we know Watch Dogs is going to be there. Valhalla is going to be there. I'm thinking Ratchet & Clank, either a remake of the second game or a brand... I, I think it's more likely it's a brand new game. Though there, There's going to be games to play, Madden, like who knows if we'll even have football this year. I want to play as my giants and Saquon's three years in now. I want to see what he can do, but yeah, I, I just hope against hope that it's actually coming this year. So you mentioned, you mentioned Madden and football. I was at, um, I don't remember where I was the other day. They're on ESPN. They were showing two people playing Madden, like, like competitively playing Madden against each other. And I thought it was like the strangest thing, especially since it was showing on ESPN. Yeah. Like that's, is that like, is that what we've come to? Like we, we so gotta have the other something. day, the other day, Oh, it was when I was getting my haircut, they were showing, I think it was on ESPN. It was on some legit channel. That wasn't like the Ocho or something. And they were show. I thought I was watching a formula one race. Okay. It was a video game, but it may be the actual, I don't know enough about Formula One to know even what I was looking at, but it may, I think it was actual Formula One yep. drivers playing because they had like, you know, like you were streaming, they had like a face cam down here and they were in this elaborate setup where they were driving a fake car. And then once I realized, and I actually looked at it, I'm like, wait, this isn't even real. This is a game. And I'm like, and I don't know, I don't know what, I don't know what I was watching. Like, was it meant to be, well, we can't race. So here, here's a funny thing. Let's have them <laughs> yeah. drive fake race cars and put it in a video game. Or is it like, 
well, this is what we have to do because we can't act. like, I don't know if it was meant to be serious or what, but it was meant to be serious, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I, I, like people have been betting on these, these virtual races, virtua races, if you want to go back to 95. Um, but yeah, I mean, we got to have something. So now the, the last dance is over. That's why we're recording tonight. Cause I can't watch the last dance anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I hope it's coming this year and I hope the launch lineup, is what I hope it'll be. Oh yeah, I would I would love for it to come this year. I would love to get um Horizon Zero Noon at launch. Um I I I'm I'm really excited to see the what like what Sony even has for us because other than that and other than like a rumor like Ratchet and Clank, I don't think we've really heard much from them as far as um exclusive wise what to expect uh near PS5 launch. Yeah, probably, and there was probably a uh, knack three. Don't say that. <laughs> there was so the, the the this this one company that makes racing preferable perif- peripherals, peripherals, which ties into what you were saying, Sean. They posted on Instagram, hey, you know, you can use our new uh, steering wheel with blah blah blah. And one of the images it said for racing games was Gran Turismo Seven. They took it down. They said, no, it was an accident. We, we didn't mean to do that. I'm guessing Gran Turismo 7 is going to be there at launch. I don't care. but I'd say that's a pretty good guess. Yeah, there's a lot of people that want that game. So we'll see. I've never gotten into racing games. Just Same. Like ever. Like Daytona and Cruising Cruisin'? USA are pretty much the only racing games I've ever And Mario Kart, with. but that's that's well, its own yeah. thing. Yeah. Does that really count? Like- no. It's like Smash is not a fighting game because it's not. It's a party yeah, game. I, I agree. Well, I, I think that Smash Bros. can be a fighting game, but it's not the way that like 99% of people play it. That if you do, I think if you do like one-on-one and on a stage that doesn't move with no items, then sure, it's a fighting game. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Get five soon. <laughs> I just... <sighs> We'll see. Uh, next up, we got some more details on Ghost of Tsushima, which again, it's Tsushima, not Tsushima, which I've been saying it that way and everybody else has. Also, it's just one ghost. There's not mul- multiple ghosts. Um, some more details came out this week. There are difficulty options, but the game will be, quote, very challenging. No kidding. I could have guessed that by the gameplay. Uh, you can freely switch between samurai mode and ghost mode. There is not a morality system, which a lot of people thought there would be based on the way they were talking about choosing to play as the samurai, which is the honorable route or as the ghost, which is dishonorable. Also sucker punch in their history with the infamous games and everything. They've always had morality system, but there's not one in this game. Uh, They did confirm again, there are no markers. Uh, The key focus of the game is exploring the world. This is the biggest game sucker punch has ever made. And also the map that we saw in that state of play presentation is just a small portion of what will be available in the final game. Your main weapon is a katana, but there are other weapons and gadgets that you can get throughout the world. They did also say this was interesting, that the visuals were inspired by Legend of Zelda and Symphony of the Night. I, Zelda, I get, I I don't get Symphony at all, because it was a 2D, not even 2.5, it was a 2D game that released in 97. I don't know how the visuals are inspired by that. And it's like, it's Japan, it's not like this gothic, like, exactly. Right. Yeah, I don't get that. Did y'all watch the state of play? Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't watch it. What, did I did I miss anything crazy or? 
No, it was a uh, good. Yeah. It was a good glimpse at what the game actually is. Because again, I've I've hated on Halo Infinite for a while now because they haven't shown any gameplay. It was the same thing right. with Ghost of Tsushima. It was, I believe, last year they did show a quote unquote gameplay video, but it's kind of like how the the Xbox, uh, whatever their event was called, the, their Xbox State of Xbox was um, that all those games none yeah, of them were. I really don't remember sh- what. <laughs> yeah inside xbox that's what it was that's right but none of them really showed gameplay but this was the first time we actually got to see ghost being played and it's gorgeous it is beautiful um and it looks brutal but like i i'm just i'm not sold on this game yet if it comes out like i said last week if it comes out and it's like a 95 on metacritic okay i'm going to get it but right now I feel like a lot of people are building it up to be this like revolutionary gameplay experience. And I don't think from what they've shown so far that it's going to be that. I'm, I didn't watch it. I didn't really feel the need to watch it. I know I'm pretty certain I'm going to get it. Uh, The entire reason I own my PS4 is to play PS4 exclusives. Pretty much everything else I get on Xbox. Um, That just, if, and I mean, it's made by Sucker Punch that it's almost, I feel like it's almost guaranteed to be good. Did you play the infamous games? I never did. uh, They're on my list. Okay. (laughs) My, my endless list. I might get to them this year or next year or five years from now. (laughs) Gotta love backlogs. Yep. So yeah, I don't know. There was nothing in these new details that made me say, yeah, I'm in or no, I'm not. It's, I I think this is one of those, I'm going to wait for the review embargo. And if it's great, Hey, I just had my five-year anniversary at work, so I've got some Amazon gift cards. Um, I'll probably end up playing it, but I'm really going to be interested to hear what people say about how the game plays more than what the scores are, going back to what we talked about at the beginning of the podcast. Like, right. I, I want to know if it's if it's a Kevin game, I'm in. Um, if it's not, then I'm, I'm not. Like, Sekiro, I never jumped in there because I love Bloodborne, and I would love to predict Bloodborne 2 for launch, but it's not happening no. Um, if it's that difficult, I don't think I'm going to want to get it for full price at launch is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I have no doubt that it's going to be good, but it's gotta be like, like to win me over. I feel like it's gotta be like an all timer. Like it needs to come out and people are just like, Oh my God, this blows Final Fantasy seven out of the water. This is game of the year. There's never been anything like this, blah, 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 blah. Then maybe you'll win me over, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's for me. So I do have a question for y'all. I felt like Sony had been very silent about this game for a while and they pushed the release date for it. Right. It, like now the last of us part two comes out a month what a month before it yeah so are they like what like what do y'all think about that like are they are they asking for ghost of tsushima to just not sell like that's what, so that's on? that's what colin's been saying for a while like he's excited to play the game but he thinks that they're almost he thinks sony is not confident in this game and he doesn't even speak to anybody at sony anymore because they've disavowed him whatever he he kind of thinks that what you should have done is put leave ghosts in their original in their original release date and bump last of us to july that right. way you've kind of got your lead off hitter going first and your cleanup hitter going after and 
I don't want to just say what Colin says, I think, but I kind of agree with him that like the last of us is, I, I feel like it's going to swallow this game whole. And right. I feel like a month after release, people are still going to be talking about the last of us. And Definitely. yeah, I, I don't agree with the way that they're releasing this game. I almost think they should have just pushed one or the other to be a PS five launch game so that the other Probably one has ghost. time to breathe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, next up, the new uh, Call of Duty game apparently is called Call of Duty colon Black Ops colon Cold War. They're, they're taking lessons from Star Wars. They're, they're, how many colons? Now I'm making up the colons, <laughs> but like you have to call it Call of Duty colon Black Ops. And I think if it's Black Ops Cold War, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. This comes from Eurogamer. This Wait, falls called... Call it, sorry, sorry, go ahead. This fall's Call of Duty game is called Call of Duty column or column colon Black Ops Cold War. So they're saying there's not a colon after ops, according to a leak backed up by Eurogamer's own sources. Call of Duty leaker Okami posted a mocked up box cover with a correct title on Twitter last night. This was a few days ago. It's fair to say this isn't the artwork you'll see later this year, but the title is on the money. As the name suggests, Treyarch's Black Ops series is returning to its roots with a roots with a historical setting. Treyarch's series began began in the 1960s before leaping into the future for its sequels. When it jumped the shark, that's me editorializing. It's a similar situation to Infinity Ward's Modern Warfare, which after several sequels got a soft reboot last year. As Eurogamer reported yesterday, a few days ago, Call of Duty Battle Royale Warzone has begun a set of teases to do with its locked bunkers, which will slowly hint at a Cold War setting over time. There's more to come there before Activision makes Cold War official. Though, of course, players have already glitched through walls and seen some of what is in store, including a Cold War era spy plan. The setting is not a huge surprise then, but it's more interesting reveal than what we're used to. After all, Call of Duty always leaks every year. This will be the fifth major Black Ops game from Treyarch just two years after the last. One of my favorite things about Call of Duty 4, stylized as Call of Duty I, 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 was that Christian Donlin visited the British Museum to talk about why it was I, 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 and not IV. Oh, did you write that, Sean, or was that what I copied and pasted? <laughs> I haven't touched that. Activision declined to comment when contacted. So I will say this. I'm, I, out of the two of us, at least, I'm more into Call of Duty than, than Sean is. Uh, Black Ops, to this day, the original Black Ops in 2010, I think, is still my favorite campaign ever in a Call of Duty game. Uh, Modern Warfare 2019 was close. Modern Warfare 2 is right up there as well. Um, I'm excited for this because of how much I loved the first game. But, I mean, I think we've known for a while that this was going to be a Black Ops reboot, like Modern Warfare 2019 was a Modern Warfare reboot. So so it, so it is a Black Ops reboot? Yeah. Like first, okay, that, make, that make, does kind of make sense. But then why not just call it Black Ops, like Call of Duty Black Ops? Like or just, they, or, or call it Cold War. Like, I don't know why it's got to be Black Ops Cold yeah. War. Because I'm not, not, yeah, not realizing that it was a reboot of the Black Ops series, I feel like they should have just called it Call of Duty Cold War. Like, do any of the other ones take place during the Cold War? No, just Black Ops. Yep. Okay. Sean, are you jazzed for a new Call of Duty game? No, because, <laughs> I mean, it's it's 
literally every year. Like I can't, I just, I don't care. I will say I'm more interested in this just because of what I've heard you say about black ops. Um, I'm more interested in this than any other call of duty game over the last, I don't know, probably ever. Now that's not saying a whole lot, but I'm again, I probably, I don't see myself getting this now if and when you get it and you just tell me, you know, it's just the best thing ever, I would entertain it, but um, I don't really care that much, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it than any other Call of Duty game, I guess. But again, if the PS5 comes out this year, we're going to need something to play on it also, <laughs> is the other thing with this. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm probably with Sean there that um, I'm definitely not a Call of Duty fan. Uh, last Call of Duty, I was looking over there. The last Call of Duty I bought was uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. For the, the first Wii. one? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's been a while. Like, yeah, in like 2009. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I'm excited. Like I said, I, I love... I, actually, I love Black, Black Ops 1 and 2 because 2 didn't go... It, it didn't jump the shark when it comes to going to the future and stuff, but I, I really liked it. Um, but it did the, play two a little bit. Yeah. The first one I really liked, and that actually, I actually liked the, the multiplayer in it as well, which never happens with me because I'm horrible at multiplayer games. But two Black Ops 2, I didn't own it. Um, I, had a, I had a friend, though, that um, I would go over to his house and we'd play multiplayer together. Nice. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm happy – I mean, I think we've known for a while that this is what was coming, but hopefully it's good. Hopefully they bring back some of the characters like Modern Warfare 2019 did and just mm-hmm. kind of redo it for a new age. Um, the, the, the thing that's different, though, is Modern Warfare, the reboot there, they brought it into present day. This is still going to be set in the Vietnam era, the, the Cold War era. So... You can't really bring it into the new era, but then I think you just say the hell with it and you just completely reboot it and you bring back some of the old characters. Maybe they can tie it into the Kennedy assassination again or something, but I don't know. I I do find it a little strange that they're rebooting the Black Ops series when the series just had, when the Black Ops 4 just came out, like last year, right? Yeah, 2018, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess two years ago. Well, yeah. I feel... I feel like when they rebooted Modern Warfare, like how long had it been since Modern Warfare 3? I think it was 20... 2007, 2009. I think it was 2011. Yeah, because it was 7... 2007, 2009 was 2, 2010 was Black Ops, 2011 was Modern Warfare 3, 2012 with Black Ops 2, 2013 was Ghosts, and then you go from there. So yeah, it's it was... Yeah. So it had been what, like 7 or 8 years? Yeah maybe more so yeah. i think i don't i didn't think it was weird that they started over with modern warfare because it was it, they i felt like they were pretty much done with it at that point whereas yeah. with black or i feel like they were like like if they just had a new installment it'd be like if today disney announced that they were rebooting the entire marvel cinematic universe <laughs> people would be like wait what like what are you doing you can reboot this uh, Star Wars sequel trilogy and I'd be okay with that. <laughs> or the prequels. 
All right, last up on the news of the week is April NPD results. Uh, overall, April sales were up 73% year over year. So the video game developers and publishers and everything are saying thank you, coronavirus, uh, because yeah. that's insane. It was also the highest April revenue for video games since 2008. That's crazy, but it makes sense. I wonder what came out April 08. Like, I wonder why. I wonder what was so big that year. Uh, that might have been GTA 4. Because MGS 4 was June that... Yeah, that was GTA 4. That's why. Yep. Really? Yep. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody looked that up while I'm doing this, but I'm pretty sure that was April 08. The top 10 uh, game sales for April, this goes based on revenue, not units sold. Uh, number one, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Hell, Woo. yes. Number two, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number three, Stupid Animal Crossings New Horizons. <laughs> number four, NBA 2K25. Grand Theft Auto V for crying out loud. Number six, Resident Evil 3, holding strong. Number seven, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, colon, remastered. <sighs> number eight, MLB The Show. That blows my mind. Number nine, Madden NFL 20. No kidding, it's EA Sports. I don't know why that's in brackets there. And then number <laughs> 10, Red Dead Redemption 2. Not only did Final Fantasy VII lead uh, the month in sales, it had a ridiculously impressive uh, opening period. This comes from Venture Beat. Final Fantasy VII Remake was the best-selling game of April and instantly becomes the number three best-selling game year-to-date. Final Fantasy VII Remake is currently the best-selling game of 2020 on PlayStation 4. Square Enix's massive reimagining of the PlayStation Classic is also setting new highs for the franchise. Final Fantasy VII Remake sets a new launch month Final Fantasy franchise sales record in both unit and dollar sales. Both records were previously held by Final Fantasy XV, which launched in the December 2016 tracking period. It launched, I think, Sean, it was like the last day of November, I think, which is why it counts towards November, or, or towards December, sorry. Uh, top 10 year-to-date. You guys want to guess what number one is? Animal Crossing. James? Uh, I was going to guess the same thing. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Oh. Wow. So just that think. That would have been my second guess. Just think of this. Animal Crossing has sold at least probably by now 15, 16 million games. And yeah. Modern Warfare has sold more. And it came out in the beginning of November last year. Actually, it might have been No, it was October. Call of Duty. My God. Number two, of course, is Animal Crossing. <laughs> Number three is, like we said already, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number four, NBA 2K20, which just blows my mind. I guess people really want basketball since we can't watch it. Number five, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Kakarot. Number six, MLB The Show 20. Number seven, Grand Theft Auto 5, which has sold more this year than Resident Evil 3 Remake. Um, I saw, I think this was included in the wrap-up, but I think I'm going to bring it up right now. I did see that uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 has sold 130 million copies. And it's 130 it, million, but somehow Minecraft has sold 200 million. Well, it's the number two selling game of all time, and it's behind by 70 million in sales. Franchises across 20 games would hope they could sell 70 million in their lifetime. And right. 
it, it just it it's freaking it's freaking nuts but the grand theft auto 5 it's been out for six and a half years yep that's consistently 20 million a year every single year which is insane because you, you, you hear that like what breath of the wild maxed out at 10 million i think it was oh god i think no, i think it's up to like 14 or something 13 14 million something still, like that but, but still the, the, the but i mean 20 three. million is a fantastic year yeah. <laughs> one game is still so, i mean that's insane right I, number eight this no. you were right about uh grand theft auto 4 it came out april 29th 2008 there you go so in probably three days it, it they probably sold like 15 20 million copies so that's mm-hmm. why april was crazy okay I, hashtag kevin's right number eight so far this year is resident evil 3 make number nine is madden 20 and number 10 Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, still the best-selling game <laughs> on the Switch. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm what I'm really surprised about is Final Fantasy VII Remake being a PlayStation exclusive, number three game of the year, number one in April, knocking off stupid Animal Crossing. I will continue to call it that. And again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Can they really live up for the rest of whatever this series ends up being? Can they live up to this first game? And I... God, I really hope so, but it's the best month ever for a, a Final Fantasy VII game. It beat 15, which I know isn't necessarily the best Final Fantasy 15 game, but I knew it sold like crazy. Um, and again, it's a PS4 exclusive. It's just nuts what this game has been able to do in its first month. So the number 10 for April is Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, is that like based on money earned or downloads? So NPD is all based on total money. Okay. So it doesn't. So it doesn't count Game Pass or anything like that. It's right. Because that's actually, interesting. Yeah. Because it did just go to Game Pass, so I guess it would mean in addition to people getting it on Game Pass, that other people are just all of a sudden spending money on it again. Yeah, yeah. they're still just buying it outright. I guess so. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to show Nope, and clean my gun when I fall in mud. Nope, I do not. All right, now it's time for the wrap-up. This past week, we did get a Last of Us 2 PS4 Pro bundle was announced, which I think it's it's obvious, but also, like, who the hell is going to spend $400 on a PS4 Pro right now? No idea. And it, I don't even think, I mean, the console looks cool. I think the controller does not. I, I don't like the controller. You can also get a, I think it was the gold headset, uh, not the platinum, but they announced a special edition for that as well. Like James said, GTA 5 is over 130 million sold. I don't even, I, I love that game. It's probably in my top 10, if not right outside of it all time. It's the game I've spent the most hours in, if you don't count Street Fighter 2 across all its, you know, iterations growing up and then with the anniversary collection and everything but gta 5 just will never ever die um the resident evil series it was announced that they have now sold over 100 million copies across all the different games now this blows my mind that I mean, seems like a lot well it does but it does i mean it well does. how many games have there been <laughs> I, at a least lot. 20 i don't know okay well, but I mean, I mean, way over twenty. If you count that, like, the Resident Evil One came yeah. out on PlayStation, and Saturn and Two came out on PlayStation, maybe Saturn N sixty four. Like, no, not Saturn, but yeah. I mean, 
that's a lot. But if all those same games combined sell an additional thirty million, they'd be tied with Grand Theft Auto Five. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like Resident Evil has so many titles, so many remakes, games coming out on multiple systems over generation, four different generations now, and it's hugely successful. And the entire series has been outsold by 30 million by GTA five. Like, how is that possible? I mean, it's very much possible, but it just blows my mind. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm trying to look up how many, how many copies GTA four sold. I think it was like 20 or 30 million, which is amazing. I'm never going to find this sales. And then I think the numbers for Grand Theft Auto Five that doesn't even include like I mean like I played it on Game Pass so right. I, I wouldn't even include it in there. Right. Yeah. Which you you probably have so many more that way. I'm trying to see if I can find it real quick. Over 25 million GTA Four sold over 25 million by 2013. So you got to say it's at least over 30 million by now. And it still got dwarfed by five. And I think five's a much better game, but still any game sells 30 million copies. You're, you're just, you're, you're pooping out money. So uh, similar to the last of us two bundle, uh, Iron Man VR got a PSVR bundle that was announced for three forty nine ninety nine, which includes a camera and two move controllers and the game. The, the big thing there's the move controllers, which are still for some reason impossible to find. Uh, also, there is an Iron Man VR demo. Sean, you should play this. You got to hook everything up. I just want to know if it's any good or not. I've heard, yeah. I, I saw from someone on Twitter that it's surprisingly good. Hmm. That, like, isn't it just like it's like a rail shooter, right? Yeah. Aren't you just, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know. I mean, it's cool to be Iron Man, but at the same time, the game itself, it's just like, Pew 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 like it just doesn't I don't know. I don't have a PSVR, but I think I would much rather get an Iron Man game that was the same quality of Spider-Man. Yes. That was made like maybe even make a Sony Marvel Cinematic video game universe. I don't know. Well, you could always just play Anthem, which is awesome. I played it for a half hour and uninstalled it. So, yeah. Which which one of my consoles should I break? Should I uh, should I break trying brick. to play that? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't break my PS4. But again, I only played it for like 30, 45 minutes. I was like, this is fun, but it's nothing like it's not that good. So, uh, Sony announced that there are now two point two million PlayStation Now subs, which is up from one million just eight months ago. So in eight months, they've added one point. They've more than doubled their PlayStation Now subs. That's awesome. I do still think that when we get a full PS5 reveal, I will not be shocked if they bundle in PlayStation Now with PlayStation Plus and hopefully they figure out something with PS3 games. I don't want to just have to stream them. When I did my one-week trial of it, I played MGS4 for a little bit and it felt okay. It was also just weird playing MGS4 again because that game's not that good. Um but you, you've got to let us play PlayStation 3 games natively as well as PS2 and PS1. I don't think they will. I don't think they can figure yeah. it out. Nope. Like, that's so stupid I, stuff. Like, that's what it comes down to. I don't think that they know how to make their own stuff work. <sighs> that, that damn self I will say, though, 
so I did, uh, within like the last month or so, get a, I started a PS Now subscription, and I think it's way better than a lot of people make it out to be, that like, I've heard so much stuff about how it's like nowhere near as good as Game Pass and all this stuff, and it's like there, I feel like there are so many great games on there that I don't think, I don't think it deserves a lot, of, like it, like, I don't think it's just as great as Game Pass, mm-hmm. um, but that's because I pay like $5 a month and Game Pass gets included with gold. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think it deserves the hate that it gets. I think if you could download those PS3 games and play them natively, still somehow utilizing the cloud, I don't know how any of this stuff works, but if you could actually download the games instead of just streaming them, I think it would be it would be talked about in a much brighter light than it is now, is what I think. I haven't pl- tried playing any PS3 games on there. Um, do they, like, get, like, buggy, or do they, like, lie out or anything? Or the is only, there any... The only one I played was MGS4, and I played it for maybe an hour. <laughs> it was a waste of that one week. I shouldn't have redeemed that one week of PS Now until I was actually ready to use it, but <laughs> um, I played it for about an hour, and it felt like Metal Gear Solid 4 from what I remember it being. It just, I, I it, it worked, mu- I will say to your point, it worked much better than I thought it would. I didn't notice crazy lag. There was no super delay. There was nothing odd. It felt like playing Metal Gear Solid 4 on my PS3, for better or worse. Right. Um, so yeah, I thought it. I thought it ran pretty well. I think there's just something in the back of your mind that you're. If you know, I can only stream this game, and it's res, it's re, it's reliant on my internet connection. I wish I could just download this stupid game and just play it on my super powerful PS4. But you gotta right. love the cell. So. Yeah. But for some reason, you just can't download. Like I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I'm not pretending to know about all the different like hardware and stuff or the software issues, but. For some reason, Sony just can't let us download PS3 games. No, it's all that stupid cell architecture, which is so weird because so many of those games were cross-platform. Yeah. And they run fine on Xbox. Why can't you just change them? Like, get rid of whatever the hell... Yeah, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point. But just take the cell out of the picture. Basically, take the 360 code, move it over to, like, a virtual PS3 playable through PlayStation now and let you download it on your four. I don't know. I did hear somewhere getting off topic a little bit. I did hear somewhere though, that the reason that PS3 was so expensive at launch was because Sony couldn't figure out how to get the PS3 to actually play PS2 games. That yeah. They put a PS2 inside the PS3. Yeah. Yep. Which, <laughs> which I just I don't know I just think it's so funny that like it's like you made this and you can't like figure it out like they they don't have the best history I mean the <laughs> PS2 the PS2 played all PS1 games but then when they went to the PS3 yeah because of the, again I think it all goes back to the cell they had to put a mini PS2 inside the PS3 <laughs> and then it's like $600 get a second job right they said <sighs> oh, that's that's so messed up that's playstation speaking of ps3 uh this leaked on youtube this past week there was a full playable version of gears of war 3 on playstation 3 and it was actually real now this goes back to the era before gears was purchased by microsoft this is when epic still owned the ip 
And what Epic came out and said is this was us just testing Unreal Engine 3 on PS3, um, but it was a real build. And it's like, man, I would have loved to be able to play these games on PlayStation before they were actually purchased by Microsoft. Now it'll never happen. But it's just kind of a weird, cool, like historical tidbit that like Gears of War 3 was fully playable on PlayStation 3. With with how well everything's going between... uh with microsoft and nintendo you might get them on switch yeah <laughs> i mean my kids but again my kids have an xbox one i just i mean they right. play it all day so like i i do really want to play through all five gears games i think that's my biggest what if when it comes to my you know my my history in gaming i feel like i would love those games but i can't get them off the xbox and by the time they go to bed i'm just like well i'm ready to go to bed too so <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've heard they're I've heard they're really great. I played about half of Gears One, um, and it was it was fun. I didn't maybe I, maybe I'm just missing it. Maybe I need to keep playing some of the other games to figure out what everybody loves about them, though. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's it for the wrap up, and now it is time for the first time in a while. James, are you ready? I think so. I'm. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Sean. <laughs> It's that time of the week when we play the just just go with it, okay? Wait, just just go with it, okay? Okay. <gasps> it's the, the back, back of the box. box. So I'm slow. waiting for I'm waiting for you, and then I'm like, and then you're waiting for me, so I can Which even makes more it delayed. go. <laughs> it's the back. back of it's like our our internet was not buffering. Box. That was just that was no, just we're just zoom we're delayed. If it helps, I did hear both of you at about the same time. Oh okay, well. Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so next time we need to just go with it. Uh, the Back of the Box Challenge is how we end the podcast here sometimes on the two-player co-op podcast. What we do is we, took a, we take a look at a previously released retail game. We flip that box around, and we read the back of the box aloud to the other players in this case. We bleep out any pertinent information that would give the game away or make it way too obvious. Then the other players get to ask some questions and try to figure out the game without getting stumped. That's the Back of the Box Challenge, and that's what we're going to do now. James, I'm scared to death but I'm going to let you go first. I made sure to choose something that I thought y'all would get. All right. Don't embarrass us. But go. also oh God. there's a, there's part of me that's worried that you might not get it. Well, cause I looked, I wanted to choose a game that I actually have. Um, okay. And I looked at the back of my games and I, I, the first one I chose was like uh, legend of Zelda twilight princess. And I looked at the back of it and it said, Link's biggest adventure yet. And that was it. And it's like, like, okay, blank, great. Blank, blank, blankety blank, a little blank, further yeah. back. all right evil waits below the surface something sinister lurks below the depths of planet blank blank is the only one who can destroy this evil but first it must be found explore the enormous regions of blank from the frozen blank to the crumbling blank use all the technological upgrades to blank's blank including the blank and blank wield powerful weapons like the blank and blank as you take on the blanks and their legions. I have an idea. Okay. Okay. Go. I don't know about the exact title. I like the exact, you know, the exact game. Is this a Metroid game? It is. Is <laughs> it Metroid Prime One? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I'm like, wait, Holy go, you're going to a planet blank and you're going under the surface and upgrading your blank. And I'm like, by the way, by the way, wait, 
so I saw a tweet from Bernardo today. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, it's actually happening in June. And if that happens, first off, I feel like there's. N- I don't want to. I get still my think it's up. coming, but I can't imagine a Nintendo will just be like, "Hey, by the way, Metroid Prime today. Trilogy yeah. is out next month," or it's out. I mean, right. it'll be it'll be next month. This month here soon so oh my god i hope oh my god they'll just they'll just put it on the eShop and not announce anything yeah yeah just stealth drop it oh i want to play them so bad god i i haven't touched those games for one second and again along with gears that's like a big miss they're so good i mean honestly i think one is the best i i agree i think one is the best uh i remember two being like okay but like different and then three um they changed up some stuff that like you didn't keep all your guns the whole game that you like um the new new stuff that you got replaced what you already had um which i wasn't a huge fan of but it was still it was so good two always felt like one of those weird it's kind of like when you have a zelda game that doesn't have Ganon and doesn't take place in Hyrule. It's like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, it's still, it's Metroid, I, but it's not really Metro. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. That's why I, I still think the first one was the best. I do think that overall it's a really good, I think it's a really good trilogy that like in, in the first one you see um, the, the creation of what you end up fighting for the next basically two games. Right. Well, not so much in the second game, but then in the third game, you kind of see the whole the whole trilogy kind of come together, which I did think was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait. Man, if we, over the next month or two, if we get a Prime trilogy and Mario All-Stars 2. Like... I think Mario, my, my prediction is Mario is October, is what I think. I think it'll be... You think Bef- it's that far off? Before the new consoles launch. Yeah. Because wasn't Galaxy, uh, or not Galaxy, uh, Odyssey was October, I think, or was it August? Yeah. It was October. It, was October. it came out the same day as like Assassin's Creed and Call of Duty or something. It was, it was a crazy it day. Out, it came out the same day as Assassin's Creed Origins. Okay. Yeah. Got, if we do that, Nintendo, yeah. All right, Sean, I'm going to go next. Okay. James. I don't know if you. I don't know. I'm. I won't. I won't. It's okay. I'll get. I'll still ask. I'll still ask all the usual. <laughs> I'll ask. Sean, this that that's a little bit of a hint for you, but I've wanted to do this one for a while. Akari Warriors. No, that was too obvious. <laughs> but I, I feel like I've done this one in the past. All right. You and Blank, the legendary warrior of Argul, must defeat the evil king and his army of dangerous beasts. With powers and weapons from the Endora War Gods, you go into battle with blank. It's up to you. The enemies are strong, the terrain treacherous, and the challenge is difficult. This is actually a pretty good back of the box. The sun is setting, and blank is depending on you. Blank's exploits were once confined to arcades. Well, I didn't know that. But now he is battling the forces of evil everywhere. Join forces with blank. I feel like that said a lot and then also nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> uh, uh, NES game? Yes. NES? I, don't, I don't know anything. I just know the questions y'all always ask. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. So it's NES. NES. Um, um, first in a series? Or is it part of a series? I don't know, but I don't think so. Was it like NES exclusive? Not like multi-platform? 
As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it was in arcades also, apparently, which I didn't even realize until oh. I read this, but but yeah, it, it, when it comes to home consoles, I'm pretty sure it was an NES exclusive. Is this a... Everything I bleeped out is the name of the game, I will say that. Is it like a side-scroller? Uh, I thought it was only a side-scroller, but it looks like there's some top-down moments as well. Hmm. Uh, is it Capcom? Nope. Konami? Nope. Is it anything that I'll ever guess? I mean, you would get there eventually. I'll tell you it's Tecmo. There's some uh-huh. weird uh-huh. game that Tecmo that, that I I'm used always to bring like, wait, Tecmo made that? Well, I don't think you're thinking about that with this. Uh, maybe. But this is a game I used to bring up all the time when we used to do this regularly. Not Akari Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> did we we did we own this game? No, no. God, no, no. Uh so is it like a sh- is it a shmup? I really don't know what the hell you do in this game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's a shmup, um, but if you told me, it, I don't. I don't think so. I think you've got like a like fire and maybe a shield or something. I don't know. I will say, Sean, this may have recently a recent podcast may have given me the idea to bring this back. Like one of our podcasts? Yeah, maybe like Switch Online updates. <clears throat> um, you said it is a part of a series? No. Super Logic Bomb. <laughs> that's, that's not a thing. <laughs> Operation Logic Bomb, whatever that game was called. Um, El Dupont? Panel Dupont? Oh, no, there was some kind of bomb game. There yeah, was. it was called like Operation Logic Bomb. Or there was only one NES game that came out. Yeah, but I don't remember what it was now. Okay. Um, try to think. But, of but, games. It, but is it, so is it that game? <laughs> I can't. What was it? I used to I'm, always. I'm not going to know it. Like, <laughs> I used to always guess this game along with Akari Warriors and Bubsy and all that other stuff. I was like, is it? Yeah. Um, gosh, I can't remember. First of all, not to go off on a tangent, but I had my switch. Oh, I think it was when I had finished um, Hollow Knight. And I'm like, all right, let me check out. Of course, I only checked out Super Nintendo, not NES, but I went to the SNES online to play Wild Guns. Yeah. That game is not what I thought. I think I was thinking of like Sunset Sunset Riders Riders or something. This game, do you know what this game is? It's almost like Lethal Enforcers. Like, it's yeah. like first person and you move the tar. I'm like, what? It, it is not at all what I was expecting. Yeah, it's from um, another era for sure. But that goes to just say that I did not open up uh, NES Online. I only opened up SNES Online. And now I can't remember what. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get it. What hints can I give you, Sean? Let me see here. It's I'm sure it's a game I know, especially. Oh, if you it's a game you know, time, trust but, me. But I'll never I just can't think of what it would be. All I know I is can... you always guess Akari Warriors. And I'm gonna show you part of the cover without the name. 
All right. Can you see that? <laughs> I don't even know what I'm looking at. He's Is got that like a person? A, he's got a fire shield thing. I don't even know. I mean, it's not helping me. My arm's tired. I mean, it's <laughs> you it's that's doing nothing for me. Are you stumped? <laughs> I kind of am. And I don't know what questions to ask to get any further now. By because way, I know, I know. Wait, no, don't you know what game it is? You just don't know what it's called. Basically, yeah. So it's like I'll never. Wait. Well, I can't even picture. Wait. I just know wait. the. Wait, stop, stop. Underneath the name of the game on the front of the box, there is a subtitle which I've never seen before in my life. It's name of the game, and then underneath it, it says over a quarter of a million sold in Japan. That's that's part of the name of the game. <laughs> Apparently, the name is... Do you want me to reveal it? I don't know. Can you give me a hint besides... I don't know anything about the game other than I know we rented it. It's a game how that how I many, thought... How many words a, is the title? One. Oh. It's a game I thought was actually made by Nintendo, but it's Tecmo. James is researching right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> So I can't. Uh, I just, what's it, I what's just, it start no, with? I'm not ever gonna get it. It starts with an R. Rygar. Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> so Rygar. is it like is it like a Contra kind of game? No, it's like a it's like a. Oh, I wow. think it's kind of like hack and slash or something. Wow. Shout out to Moby Games. Sorry, Sean. Huh. Yeah, that's one of those titles that like I always hear, but well, Wait, I think so it's one how was it used on the say. back of the box? Like, what does Rygar even mean? Is it? Is I, I thought person? it was him, it but place? it's not. No, I thought it was him, but it's not. Hold on, let me go back here. Uh, hold on. Come on, just go back where you were. You and Rygar, the legendary warrior of Argul, must defeat. So, he's a warrior, but that's not who you play as. With powers and weapons from the Endora War Gods, you go into battle with Rygar. The sun is setting and Rygar is depending on you. <laughs> Rygar's exploits were once confined to arcades, but now he is battling the forces of evil, ev evil everywhere. Evil. Join, join forces with Rygar. But you don't play as Rygar. So is Rygar the little like demon thing on the front of the box? I don't know what the hell's going on. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I think Rygar is your your wrist fire thing. That's what I'm guessing. Your what? Is the the this thing. Your little flame shield thing. Yeah, that's the Rygar. I don't know. Weird. Okay. All right, go, Sean. All right. Oh wait, where'd it go? I mean, it's here, but my pictures are gone. There we go. Okay. Snaring my headphones. Oh, by the way, today, Sean, Marshall Mathers LP came out 20 years ago. You're old. Marshall Mathers. Stan. Is that the second one? Yeah. yeah. Wait, 20 years ago? Yep. You know, funny story. I bought that album, and then Dad took it away. He, like read online i don't know if online i guess online was it's gonna thing. make you a murderer he like read online like how bad it was like some of the lyrics and stuff and he's like I mean, it's bad I'm, yeah. I'm sorry but i you, I you think can't I be listening that. and he like paid me for it. he basically bought it off me he didn't want me uh, to be out the money but he's like i don't want you listening to that and then psychopath eminem but, all right here we go all ready right. 
Yes. Time passes, the pages turn, and a new chapter unfolds in an unfamiliar land. Is this Get a sequel? Uh, On the yes. PC? No. No, oh, I thought it was Riven. Okay. No. Oh. Or Riven, however you say it, yeah. I've always said Riven, but I don't know if that's right. Um, get ready for a blank, blank adventure for the ages as blank returns to blank form to discover a mystery that sleeps behind an ancient legendary portal called the Blados. Okay. <laughs> the quest is long, the dangers many, and this time blank will have to make full use of his blank qualities just to survive. Do you play as a human? Uh, yes. Oh, damn it, I thought you played as a worm. Okay. Is this an NES game? No. Did it start on SNES? Uh, did it start on NES? Uh, the series? Yeah. No. Did it start on SNES? No. Did it start on Genesis? No. Did it... It, it started before NES? After. Oh, did it shoot. start in the 90s? Yes. Pretty sure. I just asked so many questions and now I can't even remember what the hell you said on the back of the box. Let me double check it. Oh, no. 2000. Hmm. Okay, James, you might can help me here. Um, <laughs> you were almost born then. Um <laughs> What, so was it a N64 game? Uh, the first in the series, yes. Okay, wait a minute. What, what was 2000? Wait, no that was when the first one came out. The okay. question was asked, did the series start in the 90s? Okay, Technically, gotcha. the series started in the 2000s. And it was on N64? The first in the series, yes. Okay, is this so the first in the series? This is not. Um, is this a Nintendo IP? Yes. Does it start with a P? Yes. Is this a Pikmin game? No. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I know what it is. Oh, oh Mario, is this an RPG? Uh, yep. You is got, this well, Paper Mario and whatever the subtitle is? <laughs> is this a thousand-year door? That is right. You got it. Yes. Time passes, the pages turn, a new chapter unfolds in an unfamiliar land. Get ready for a two-dimensional role-playing adventure for the ages as Mario returns to paper form to discover mystery, the blah, 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 behind the thousand-year door. The quest is long, the dangers many, and this time Mario will have to make full use of his papery qualities just to survive. James, have you played any of these games? I have not, but okay. I'm probably going to get the one that comes out on Switch soon. It looks so cool. This one, the thousand year door. So Paper Mario was good. It's almost like proof of concept. Like it was I don't know. It was it was a good game. I've heard this game to me, the thousand year door, the GameCube one, like perfected Paper Mario. I think it is so freaking good. I've heard it's so good. Was that have there been more since then? There was one on the Wii that was kind of weird. It was one where it's like 2d like platform or then but then you can hit a button and the screen turns 90 degrees so now you're looking 
down the way you were just going so it turns to 3d um then there was one on the 3ds which was okay and then there was one that i completely missed out on where it was like the crossover between paper mario and mario and luigi i think unless i just made that up i think that existed no you're right i think it came out on 3ds a few years ago yeah yeah and yeah, then the luigi paper jam there it is there, yep. that's, that's the one yep and now yeah and then now the new one on the switch to me this is by far the best one um i'm hoping the switch one is good but i just don't know but to me this one is hopefully awesome I think even you would like this, Kevin. Just as I keep saying, you I know, would, but you would like Mario RPG, like Super I think Nintendo. Th- I think th- you would like this game. This whole ring dynamic battle thing just makes me nervous. But see, this one is it so, feels like a tactics but no, game. But this one is so straightforward. It's like, oh, you're saying sorry. No, I'm saying okay. The, the this, thousand the game door. Okay, yeah. it's just very like it's your turn to attack. You can jump or you can use your hammer, and it's yeah. not totally passive where you're just like okay, jump. Like there's a timing aspect. And if you hit jump, right, when you land on the guy, it does like double damage. So you're always like kind of engaged and you're trying to do stuff. So it's still turn-based and menu-driven, but there's like other inputs you can do. And it's so much fun. Cool. All right. I don't well, know how you would play it. I don't know where you play GameCube games you now. You can't. <laughs> I don't even know if you can emulate them, but yeah. Uh, you probably can. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm going to see if I can find it on Amazon. I might buy it right now. <laughs> it's so good if you if you can pick it up well because i still i still have my gamecube i just used it to play uh four sword adventures oh duh that's right yeah 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 if you can find this game pick it up for sure sweet all right ladies and gentlemen that's it for episode 184 of the two-player co-op podcast thank you all so much for being here as you know you can always find us at nerd901.com where they're connecting nerds across the mid-south and the multiverse saint jude played live is still going on they're freaking they're they're knocking out of the park at twitch.tv slash nerd 901 so make sure you go out there and check those guys out also ernie the blur without fear is over at youtube.com slash blur without fear and he is also knocking it out of the park at all times uh you can find us on twitter i'm at kevin white 24 he's at real sean white together at two player underscore co-op also check out james over on twitter at james underscore solar patreon twitch everything else you know the whole thing uh that's really it james i just want to say thank you so much for coming on yeah it's uh, been a blast thank you. thank you thanks for having me this was so much fun it's been a long time coming uh and, and i hope you enjoyed as much as we did um we loved having you on definitely want to have you on again in the future and yeah, yeah definitely this was great so thank you so much for being here my man uh sean until the next time go ahead and take us out Thank you for playing.